Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Congratulations are in order for the team that Chip Kelly built, everybody. Congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles and the team that Chip Kelly built. Super Bowl champions. All the Andy Reeds, all the other head coaches that rolled through there, and it was Chip Kelly. The team that Kelly built that finally got it done for the city of Philadelphia. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 50% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So Brady Quinn will be with us here uh, at some point. He is doing some post, uh, post-show post stuff and responsibilities, uh, covering the game, Super Bowl and all that. But uh, he will be with us here as soon as he's able to get in. And, and I'll be honest with you, if he, if he doesn't behave properly up until that point, we just won't allow him on the show at all. So it's really the ball's in his court. This is uh, It's all about performance. This is a performance-based show. If you don't perform, you're just not going to be allowed on the air. So unless Brady Quinn performs and he's nice to me and a polite gentleman, I'm just not going to let him on the air. So that is how this is done. But you heard it. It went final a short time ago. Uh, for many of you out there that were just watching the television feed, here's how it sounded. All the pent-up frustration, courtesy of the Eagles radio network. Nine seconds left. Eagles by eight. Brady lines them up. He's back again. He steps up. He's hit. He stumbles. He is throwing it deep for the end zone, and it is batted around, and incomplete. And the game is over. The game is over. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere. This is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broad Street. Hey, man, if this is a dream, don't wake me up. 
We're going to have a parade on Broad Street. Oh. Hey, grease up the poles. We're going to have a parade. <laughs> the Eagles have won the Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness. 41 to 33. So, you know, we like to uh, tease on the show. That was the Eagles Radio Network final call. Uh, we like to tease on the show, like to bust balls, have a little bit of fun. Don't take ourselves too seriously on the show. Uh, I'm very happy for Eagle fans. Uh, you probably don't deserve this with your behavior recently. I don't, I don't consider uh, punching a horse in consecutive weeks anything to write home about, but you've done it. Uh, the fact that they've had to put Crisco and other um, liquidized things on poles so that you don't climb them, a little bizarre, but not the nicest fan base in the world, haven't been the nicest to deal with, but congratulations to Philadelphia Eagle fans. It's been a long time coming, and I think that when you look at this game, because it just felt like as you're watching this game, that neither defense could get a stop. Like, not, neither defense could get a stop. Neither defense could could really establish himself, and it was a strip sack towards the end that ended up being the big difference in the game. Brady on the Hail Mary towards the end. Just listen, it is it is what it is. It's a Hail Mary. Odds of him completing it weren't really all that great. But really, to me, the guy who deserves a ton of credit in this game is Doug Peterson, the head coach. Now, Nick Foles won the MVP. And we're going to have another discussion altogether that's probably going to piss off a lot of you Carson Wentz fanboys, but somebody's got to speak the truth around here. Nick Foles is the MVP, and he deserves it. He played fantastically. He was outstanding all throughout the playoffs. And if you look at his numbers career-wise in the playoffs, he's phenomenal. Doug Peterson, though, did something that I try and do all the time. Okay, I try and do this all the time. Like I've, I've been a firm believer, and I've talked about it before. I think you can learn more from seeing people do it the wrong way than seeing them do it the right way. Because I think that you can really look at that and go, you know, I'm, maybe I'm not sure what I want to do. Maybe I'm not sure how to do it, but I know it's definitely not that. You know, it's like the, the, the analogy I like to give is, uh, have you ever been in a relationship and you guys can't decide on when you, what you want to eat? Hey, what do you feel like eating? I don't know. All right, what, I mean, do you feel, nah, yeah, I'm just not sure. What do you want? Well, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. I don't really care either way. Okay, well, I don't care either way. Okay, so you want to get pizza? Oh, God, no. Well, what do you mean? You just say you didn't care. Why are we having this argument? It's kind of like that, to where if you don't know what you want, sometimes it's easier process of elimination just to know what you don't want. And Doug Peterson, I think, watched the AFC title game, and he thought to himself, you know what? I don't know how I'm going to beat this team, I don't know how I'm going to keep doing this. I don't know how I'm going to beat Tom Brady. I don't know how we're going to match up. I'm not really sure, but I know what I'm not doing. I'm not doing what Doug Marone did. I'm definitely not doing that. Oh, fourth down. Halftime approaching. Could take the easy three. That'd be the easy move. Not only am I going to go for it, I'm going to do a lateral throw to my quarterback in the end zone. He went for it. He had balls. He showed balls all throughout the game, made critical calls, and Doug Peterson – yeah, tell me about it. That's a nightly thing. And Doug Peterson deserves so much credit for his performance in this, and I think it all stems back if you were to get Doug Peterson alone and you were to say, hey, man, what what went into the decision-making there? I think Doug Peterson was going to tell you behind closed doors – It was because I saw how Doug Marone approached the New England Patriots, and I wasn't going to be scared. Because what do you got to lose? I mean, if you think of it, what do you got to lose? Philadelphia lost their starting quarterback this season. They get into the playoffs, they've got a bye week, and they're underdogs in week one. What do you got to lose? Nobody thinks you're going to win that game. 
Vegas doesn't think so. NFL analysts don't think you're going to win that game. You go out and you do it. You get to the next week. Guess what? Underdogs again. What do you got to lose? Nobody thinks you're going to win that game either, or else you, the, the line would have been set at the proper, proper number it should have been. Nobody thought you were going to win that game. You had a backup quarterback. So there were uh, quarterback. There were rumblings. He couldn't get the ball down the field. And you know what Doug Peterson said? Screw it. I'm swinging the axe, and I'm going to make contact with something. And I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how I'm going to get this done, but I'm going to get it done. And I really firmly believe while I'm watching that game and I'm seeing some of the decision-making by Doug Peterson and some of the play calling and a fantastic job at that, I think Doug Peterson went into this and said, I'm not going to have any fear because if we lose, we're the underdog. Just like we've been the underdog all throughout the playoffs, but I'm definitely not going to play it safe. And I'm not going to be scared, and I'm not going to be concerned about what could go wrong when what could go right outweighs all of it. So I, I commend Doug Peterson for it. And it was a guy who, and listen, when you think about where Doug Peterson came from, like a lot of people don't understand the, the high, what went into the hiring process, okay? Because I've heard from people that I trust that when Doug Peterson got the job, he wasn't their first cho- choice. He, Doug Peterson wasn't a guy that they wanted to bring in to be their head coach. Philadelphia thought, that Chuck Pagano was going to be on the open market. Chuck Pagano was in Indianapolis. He wasn't getting along with his GM. The owner was kind of going back and forth about who he wanted to keep here. Did he want to side with Grigson? Did he want to side with Chuck Pagano? He couldn't figure it out. And all of a sudden, the three of them go behind closed doors. They hug it out after yelling at each other for the past two years, and they decide, you know what? Everybody gets a four-year deal. So now Philadelphia is scrambling, trying to find somebody to hire. They bring in Doug Peterson... And you give them credit, man. They're one of these teams who set the precedence. If you have a young quarterback or you have a quarterback with limitations, it's best to have an offensive mind or some guy that can work with him. And Doug Peterson took that approach all throughout the year. He took that approach into this season. He took that approach into the postseason, and it paid off huge for him in the Super Bowl. So congratulations to to the city of Philadelphia, to Eagle fans. And if if you're a fan out there of another team, and you see Eagle fans, and they get emotional about this, and they're, they're crying, or they're sobbing in their hands, or they just can't believe what they're seeing. The easy thing to do is to pick on them, especially that fan base. I got news for you, all right? Let me just, let me just speak on behalf of everybody else who isn't a Philadelphia Eagle fan. You are not the most likable fan base in the world, okay? Like, you're not. And you understand that, right? But... The reason why it's so important to people, and I've, I talked about this after the Cubs finally won a World Series a couple of years ago. The reason people get emotional about this stuff in sports, the reason they get attached to their teams, the reason grown men weep and cry into their hands after a team wins a game, they're not going to get anything from it. Those people are going to wake up tomorrow. They're either going to have to go to work or they're going to have a hangover. And guess what? They're not going to know what it's going to be like to be Super Bowl champions. The reason they're emotional about it is because they're thinking about all the people in their life who came before them who never got to see this. That's the cool thing. That's, that's because I know that growing up a Cub fan, the first thing I thought about when they won, and I left the fanboy stuff a long time ago, but the first thing I thought about when the Cubs won a couple of years ago was everybody that didn't get to be here in this moment to take this all in. And that's tough. And so the emotions right now in Philadelphia are people thinking back to whether it's a grandfather or a brother or a cousin or an uncle or an aunt 
or a father, like whoever that was in their life at some point that introduced them to this team that was hoping so bad they could see it too. The emotions you're seeing are real. It's because they wish those people were here. They wish they were with them because they would probably climb those poles too. I don't know if they'd punch the horses, but who knows? It's Philadelphia. So uh, congratulations uh, to Philadelphia. But I thought Doug Peterson was a a rock star in this game, had big you-know-whats, had no fear whatsoever going against Bill Belichick in this team, and it paid off big time. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, uh, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. You can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. Uh, up next here on Fox Sports Radio, there is a uh, so, so this is going to be a little bit trickier, okay? Because there's a legitimate gripe to be made that somebody got completely screwed over in this game. Okay, somebody got completely screwed over in the Super Bowl. But you have to look big picture because it all evens out. Find out what we're talking about next on FSR. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. In uh, about 10 minutes from now, we're going to go live to Minneapolis uh, and catch up uh, with just the scene there because it's it's bonkers. A lot of Eagles fans made the trip, so we're going to go live to Minneapolis. We'll take you there. If you've never been to a Super Bowl, this is the next best thing. It's the best I can do for you. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, I'm not going to buy you a plane ticket. I'm not going to buy you a game ticket, but I will take you live to Minneapolis. If you stay here, if you promise to stay here 10 minutes from now, we will go live to, uh, to Minneapolis. Um, so... Philadelphia wins the Super Bowl, and you're happy for the city of Philadelphia, and you're happy for you know the fan base, and and everybody's excited. And I was talking about how Doug Peterson, to me, stole the show. I mean, the play calling, the guts, all of that stuff was fantastic. But there is some controversy in this game because two of the touchdowns for the Philadelphia Eagles were a little bit questionable. A little bit controversial. Now, I don't even know what the hell the rule is on the Zach Ertz touchdown. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to pretend like I know everything. There are so many ins and outs of what a catch is now and what this is and how this works that it's just it's tiresome to even get worked up about it. But uh, Zach Ertz dove. Um, it was similar to the Jesse James catch uh, between Pittsburgh and New England this season. And so you're, you're seeing all this stuff. It ended up being ruled a touchdown, but Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth said, well, listen, if you ruled the Jesse James touchdown incomplete, then you can't rule this a touchdown. You, you can't do it. And then the, the, the conversation switches. Well, was he a runner when, he's, when he went to the ground? Did he make an attempt to run with the ball? It's just, it's so confusing it's, it's way too much information, and it, you're watching, and I'm thinking to myself, this is craziness. The other one, in which there was a touchdown and a catch made, and it was the Clements touchdown, the Nick Foles nice throw to Clements, to me, that was no touchdown. That looked like Clements stepped out of bounds and didn't have full control of the ball and didn't maintain control of the ball to get both feet in. So I'm looking at both of those, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know, man. Like th- this conversation is going to come up again, and I know people are tired of, of the topic. I know that I know they wish the NFL would just would just figure this out at some point, but the conversation is going to come up again because they, what they've done is they've tried to overcorrect this. Okay, they've tried to overcorrect it, and because they've tried to overcorrect it, now everything is a mess. Like it, it, it's it's like you ever go to a hair salon? Somebody's like you know they're trying to fix somebody's hair because they got a chop job two weeks earlier from some other stylist. 
and you end up having to do so much work that you overcorrect it, and you're basically, it's holding on for its life by the time you leave the chair. Because the best they can do is 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 try and figure out uh, how they can how they can improve this for you. But to me, if I'm looking at this game and I see you know where the conversation goes from here, I think the NFL screwed this up. They chopped this up to begin with, and now the conversation is going to continue to linger on. Uh, right now, though, we're going to go live. We're going to uh, catch hopefully catching up uh, live from Minneapolis uh, coming up here uh, in just a couple of minutes. Um, Tom Brady, though, uh, you know Tom Brady. Uh, he was a, a Patriots quarterback. Um, he played very, very well in this game. In fact, you can make the argument that Tom Brady uh, was could have been called the MVP. I thought he was fantastic. Brady led him up and down the field at will. Um, he looked like, outside of the final turnover, Brady looked brilliant Okay, down the stretch. And he actually looked better as the game went on. You wondered if they were going to use tempo to kind of tire Philadelphia out. I think that that was sort of the strategy. And Brady was looking at this thing, marching up and down the field. They finally get a lead, but it was the Patriots' defense that couldn't hold. And it was just a matter of which which defense was going to make a play, who was going to make the biggest play in this game, and it ended up being that it was the Philadelphia defense. And then by that time, you're scrambling. Uh, the Patriots are trying to throw a Hail Mary towards the end. But I, I still think Tom Brady played fantastic. Um, it, of course, the questions about how long he wants to continue to play – Tom Brady wasn't the issue in this game. To me, it was that that New England defense that couldn't get a stop. Right now, though, Lane Johnson, now a world champion, Philadelphia Eagles tackle, is with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Lane, congratulations, man. Thank you. Yeah, what a what a rush. So tell me, so you guys, you're watching on the sidelines. You're basically helpless at this point. Are you nervous? Are you excited? When did <laughs> when did you finally know? All right, we got him where we want him. It's over. Uh, when that clock just struck zero, I mean, it really, really came down to them. We would like to to get a first down. That last last drive we had wasn't able to get it done. Defense came in and and, and played well and finished it all for us, man. So just just so happy for everybody. We put in a lot of work this season. A lot of injuries happen, and um, it could be a better picture for us. Did you guys? And I know that it was a bummer seeing Carson went. I, I remember being on the air after Carson Wentz went down with the injury, and I wondered what the what the team flight was like afterwards because you still won that game, but 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 being there with you know your your starting quarterback realizing his season is over or potentially over, what was that like for the team on the way back? How much of a downer was that? You know, even before the season, uh, you know, um, not to think of Carson ever going down, but if we did, I knew we had depth that position with Nick. He's had success here in Philadelphia. He's bounced around a few places. And as far as uh, being confident whenever he plays, that's what Nick is. And uh, it's really just, you know, we had a lot of injuries on that tackle. It's going to be a Hall of Famer, Jordan Hicks. So just, you know, a lot of guys had to step up. But with the offseason that we had, we established a lot of depth. So, um, you, know, you know, kudos to those guys. Uh, he's a brand-new world champion, Lane Johnson, Philadelphia Eagles uh, tackle with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox with you. So, you guys, uh, your preparation, for did anything catch you off guard? Uh, Super Bowl week, first time here. Did anything surprise you about what this week was like heading into the game? Oh, not really. I mean, we knew there was going to be lots of glitz and glamour. Uh, we, you know, nothing really uh, exciting happened. You know, we went to the Mall of America, did a, did a little bit of shopping, but other than that, we just – maintain the same routine for us practice-wise and try to keep it uh, very similar to what we do back in Philly. Uh, I know that you had talked about um, uh, wanting to 
you know, basically take care of everybody as far as the Bud Lights go. I believe that yeah. that was a story that broke out. Now, what, now, just for the people that aren't familiar with this, what did you say before the season, and what's what's the next move on this to pay off this bet? I know that Bud Light is in as far as giving Bud Light out. However, I'm not sure if everybody in Philadelphia loves Bud Light. I'm sure that you know, there's more <laughs> beers they'd rather have. So um, I'll be passing out Bud Light, and if I had to put in some of my money to get some other beers, we may have to have a Twitter poll and, and get after it. That's awesome. Uh, Lane Johnson, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, a Super Bowl champion with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, before we let you go, what's the plan now? Do you guys stay in Minneapolis? Are you going to head back to yeah. Philly? What, what's what's the scene like now? Yeah, yeah, we stay in Minneapolis tonight. We fly out tomorrow and then um, I guess get ready for parade the next, next day or so. You're going to be on like a 48 to 72 hour bender, man. Like the hangover <laughs> tomorrow is going to be an outer space type hangover. <laughs> It's all worth it. All Af- worth it. Absolutely. Congratulations, Lane Johnson, a world champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Congrats, man. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, he before the season, Lane Johnson was talking about if we win the Super Bowl, he's gonna pay, he's gonna buy Bud Lights for everybody. And then all of a sudden, here we are. And now it's like, okay, well, I don't know if everybody likes Bud Lights. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe there's some other beer out there that people want. But uh, that is going to be uh, just phenomenal. And the fact that they're going to be in Minneapolis, they'll stay there the rest of the night. Um, you remember seeing Rob Gronkowski after the Patriots lost the Super Bowl several years ago. Rob Gronkowski was partying. Even after they lost, they threw together a party afterwards. So Lane Johnson and that Philly fan base uh, is going to be going to be going wild all throughout uh, the next two to three days uh, celebrating a Super Bowl championship. Now, we talked about Tom Brady, uh, who was speaking with the media after the game. Brady talked about the performance, the game, how it played out, and pay close attention to how he finishes this, because I think this is telling to where we're going with this next point. Obviously, wasn't very happy about it, and then uh, just you know went to the sideline and figured we'd get the ball back. Just came up short. Today we had our opportunities, never really got control of the game, never really played on our terms, you know, just didn't make enough plays when we needed to. And so, and Tom Brady talked about how, you know, nobody's going to feel sorry for us. Um, you know, they're not going to, and, and here was more from uh, Tom Brady. Well, no one's feeling sorry for us, so, you know, we'll evaluate like we always do. And, you know, everyone I'm sure is pretty tired after a long year. That's football. Here's where this this is going to be interesting. So we talked about before Lane Johnson from the Philadelphia Eagles joined us uh, just a minute ago about how like everything evens out, right? If you if you're driving, somebody cuts you off, you can speed up and you can throw a quarter at their windshield, or you can try and cut them off and drive them off the side of the road. But the reality is, at some point sooner or later, you're going to cut somebody else off. I mean, everything evens out. That's just life. And I'm a firm believer in law of averages, and I think everything even evens out at some point. And I am fascinated to see the reaction from Patriots fans throughout the next couple of days. Because you know what they're going to want to point to. Well, we had two touchdowns in that game that shouldn't have been touchdowns. Yeah, the NFL screwed us again. You know, a guy stepped out of bounds uh, in the first touchdown, Clements, and then uh, Zach Ertz, if the Jesse James touchdown wasn't a touchdown, how the hell is that a touchdown? Like, that's where this conversation is going to go. And so if you're listening to Boston Sports Radio, I wonder how much they play that up. Because the fact of the matter is the Patriots have gotten their share of calls. Okay, so what's going to end up happening is people are going to point back at the Patriots and they're going to say, listen, you guys have gotten the benefit of the doubt several times. Things have gone your way in big games and in big moments that nobody else has gotten. 
And I wonder how many Patriots fans are going to step back and say, you know what, law of averages, everything evens out. We didn't get a couple of these calls that maybe we should have gotten, probably should have gotten on those two touchdowns. It probably should have been reversed. But all in all, I think we're up in the whole fairness game. I think as far as as far as how everything has worked out over the past, you know, 10, 12, 15 years, we've gotten our fair share of calls. Or are Patriots fans going to bitch and moan about this and take this over for the next week? That's what I'm interested in seeing because you can make a case. I'm telling you, that first touchdown, the Clements touchdown, I don't think that was a touchdown. Zach Ertz, I have no idea what that is. I I, I have zero idea what that is. I mean, you you could you could write it down in Chinese and hand it to me, and I could try and read it. And I still, I mean, I would have a better chance at understanding the rule than whatever it is that they're talking about now. And Chris Collinsworth alluded to it. Uh, Al Michaels alluded to it. Like, like nobody understands this, and and it just goes back to the original point. The NFL made this too confusing. They tried to overcorrect it, and they caused a bigger mess than what they had before. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, Patriot Nation handles this uh, moving forward. Uh, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. We're going to check in uh, live from Minneapolis coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Do want to tell you we are brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Veteran-owned, veteran-roasted. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com today and use the code FOXSPORTS20 for 20% off your first order. Right now, Steve DeSager with the latest from a busy night mm-hmm. in the NBA, right, Steve? <laughs> That's right. We'll get straight to that. Super Bowl 52 was incredible in Minnesota tonight, and Philadelphia with late scoring upsets New England 41-33. Tom Brady is the first quarterback in the history of the NFL to have 500 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and lose the game. Regular season or playoffs that had never happened before. Brady could have been voted MVP. He was that good, over 500 yards passing. But Nick Foles was great. Four total touchdowns, including a TD catch. Philly in the last two and a half minutes had a touchdown and a field goal to win, 41-33. And the Eagles led most of the night. By the way, we don't know if... Rob Gronkowski is coming back to continue playing in the NFL next year. He was asked if he's going to consider retiring. He was non-committal, says he'll think about his future. We don't officially know yet that Josh McDaniels is leaving to become Colts head coach. We don't even officially know that Belichick's going to continue for that matter. These things to be decided in the offseason. As for the controversial calls, Pro Football Talk had brought up on the touchdown pass to Nick Foles. Was it actually five men in the backfield in a legal formation on the left side of the line? Was everybody up on the line? That's to be looked at with video. As for the other stuff, our Mike Pereira, who is the genius and a former NFL vice president of officiating on this, he said on the hit that sent the Patriots wide receiver out of the game in the second quarter, Brandon Cooks left with a head injury. Yes, it was a legal hit. Tough on him, but at that point, he's a runner, not a pass catcher and it was not delivered with the crown of the helmet by Philly. Tough hit, but certainly legal. And as far as the Clement catch in the back of the end zone that was reviewed and allowed to maintain as a touchdown for Philadelphia, Pereira said, I agree with letting it stand. Yes, it was close, but the initial ruling on the field is what dictated that. The standard is it wasn't that obvious that the call was wrong on the field that you would overturn it. They let it stand. And as far as... Uh, the control and two feet and did he turn up the field before Eckerts dove at the goal line he was surprised that it even took so long because it was not the same as the Steeler catch a few weeks ago it was control two feet on the ground his feet as a receiver turned up field so he became a runner toward the goal line dove as a runner to the goal line the goal the ball crosses the goal line 
clear touchdown. Philly wins 41-33. Jonas, I listened for just the last five minutes to the Philly police scanner. Oh, I thought you were going to say to my show. I was going to say, thanks, Steve. And, and, the pre- and the previous minutes. But once, <laughs> once the guest came on, I went to the police scanner. And just in the five minutes, I'm not kidding, a guy yelling out, get my fire extinguisher from the car. <laughs> Broad and south, there's a Christmas tree on fire. Yeah. Another guy says there's a car flipped over at Walnut in front of that hotel. Another says people are climbing the gates at City Hall. I'm telling you, in Philadelphia, this was only a few minutes of listening to the police scanner. They are going crazy after this Philadelphia victory. The Eagles, by the way, as a number one seed, were an underdog in all three of their postseason games, and they win all three, and Nick Foles is Super Bowl MVP. Oh, man, good stuff. Uh, thanks, Steve. Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Dan Beyer, Fox Sports Radio host. He is a reporter. He is live in Minneapolis at the scene of the crime. First, Dan, the most important question that everybody needs to know how many birds have died crashing into that glass this week? <laughs> you think any birds are flying in this weather where it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like zero? Um, I, I, I don't have an exact total. Okay. But I do like Steve's story on the scanner. But I will say this, that I don't know if this story tops it, but this may be typical Philadelphia. In the restroom, three minutes after the Eagles won, as the final pieces of confetti still haven't fallen to the ground, I hear a guy so, say, hey, you got to consider Foles for the full-time job. Already doing personal <laughs> exercise and saying that Foles is now the guy in Philadelphia, um, even though he wins the MVP as the third-highest-rated passer in the game, which I think is interesting. But, yeah, they're already waiting to kick Carson Wentz to the curb and anoint Nick Foles as the Eagles starting quarterback uh, for the rest of the way. They're total savages, man. I, I'm waiting for the for Steve to listen to the police scanner, and we get a report of a guy wearing a Bryant Westbrook jersey trying to hump the Rocky statue. Like that. That's what that's what I'm waiting for because I've actually got that in one of my uh, one of my bet pools. Uh, Dan Byer, Fox Sports Radio host reporter, with us here from Minneapolis on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox with you. So, what was the scene like in the stadium? percentage Eagles fans to Patriots fans. I know Super Bowls are different. It's very corporate. It's got a different feel to it. Describe the scene to everybody who wasn't there. This is what I think is interesting. Not only was uh, not only do I think that the Eagles fans probably had an edge, the Eagles fans were in the upper deck. The Patriots fans were actually in the lower bowl. There was such before the game they do kind of a team roll call. Hey, if you're here for the Patriots, you know, give a cheer. And there was a roar. And then the Eagles' roar was louder, so you could tell that there were more Eagles fans. But the Eagles fans filled the upper deck while the Patriots seemed to be in the lower bowl. I've seen Philadelphia play road games of the regular season. That is a common theme. I remember a game against the Dolphins years back. I saw them play, and it was the entire upper deck was filled with Eagles fans. That's what you had here in Minneapolis tonight. They had the edge for sure. I don't know if it even played a difference. I don't think there was any point in the game where the, where the crowd noise was a factor. But just I thought it was an interesting uh, just an interesting look at how the fans were. That, because you think of Philadelphia and you think of this, this team that grinds and you think of this fan base, they're the ones in the nosebleed seats. They're the ones in the upper deck. Well, the Patriots, who have title after title in their fans, and we think that they're spoiled, all in the, all in the lower bowl. So it was, it was an interesting 
dynamic to see with these fan bases here at Super Bowl Fifty Two. Was it? Were they rowdy? All I mean, because I I know it kind of felt like when Ricky Hatton was fighting. I know you're a big boxing guy, Dan, so I want to make it something yeah. you can understand clearly. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, you know, that's. I mean, I Is know your wheelhouse. The Hatton Mayweather fight. Yeah, bingo. See, yeah. you're like a mind reader. Like you hear the word boxing, yeah. you know exactly what fight I'm talking about. You're an encyclopedia when it comes to the sport. Yeah. Um, but like when when fans would go to you, you know the English fans or the Irish fans for Conor McGregor when they flood Vegas, you could just hear them. They're rowdy. Uh, there's, a, there's a big number of them. It's a big get-together. It's a big gathering. It's a giant party for an entire weekend or however long that they're in town. Was it kind of like that with Eagle fans? Because you started hearing Eagle chants in random parts throughout Minnesota while people are trying to do interviews. Like, What was it like leading up to the game? Yeah, security at the Mall of America had to tell them to shut up because they kept on chanting Eagles all Friday afternoon. <laughs> E-A-G, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. And finally, they had security watching, you know, making sure that groups of Eagles fans weren't doing it. You could tell from the outset of the week, fans usually don't come to town until usually about a Wednesday or Thursday. But you could tell early on that it was going to be an Eagles type of atmosphere. And with everything that you said, Jonas, it's also, an atm- it's also a fan base that makes more noise. So they, so they made themselves heard. Sure, there were in, uh, interesting comments um, that I saw in the concourses where fans would pass by each other and there would be Eagles fans making comments, but nothing like we saw with the NFC Championship game when the Viking fans had to go to Philadelphia and hearing those stories and seeing those videos, but you still had that even within these walls. But it has been like this really since, you know, I would say about Thursday, things really started to pick up for the Eagles fans and never let up, including tonight. What did you, what was the reaction in the stadium to the two controversial touchdowns? Because I thought the one to Clements, I thought he was out of bounds. Um, the second one, uh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth were making the argument that if you ruled the Jesse James a non touchdown, there's no way you could rule Zach Ertz a touchdown. Yeah. What was the reaction like in the stadium? I don't know. Sometimes NBC watches different games than I do, and I don't know like what they see that most of us see. Everyone around me, the stuff that I was reading on social media, everyone in the stadium, I think, felt that the Zach Ertz catch was a touchdown. And we, it was more, Jonas, about the worry of, is the NFL, is Al Riveron going to have the ball to overturn this call at this point of the, of the, the game? That's what was the thought process. That was the feeling, I think, in the, in the building. But I don't think that at any point there were people who were saying, hey, not a catch, uh-uh, no good. People were just waiting to be like, all right, you know, we dare you. We triple-dog dare you to overturn this. That was the feeling. The, the Clement one, I, I, I thought it was a touchdown myself. I thought that it, it was good to go with, with, with the second foot clearly in, and I know that the – the third one ended up hitting the end of the line, but I still thought that he had enough of the football to, to be in. I don't think fans were as um, nervous about that, obviously, because of the stage of the game, but also because, let's be real, I don't think that one is as, uh, is as objective as the one that Zach Ertz had. And so when you put it in the hands of someone else, that was, that's what made everybody nervous. Uh, by the last one, before I let you go, Dan, uh, Dan Beyer, Fox Sports Radio host, reporter, joining us live from uh, Minneapolis, the site of the Eagles. Uh, and, 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 you know, congratulations again to Chip Kelly for building this roster and getting them a championship. Oh, um, goodness. Oh, but, my goodness. Uh, but, um, oh, but, um, You're still on this train? Come kidding? on, man. It's an oldie but a goodie, oh. Dan. Um, so let, let me ask you this. I saw reports of uh, media members – and, uh, you know, I don't want to call him out on the air, 
But I saw reports of media members uh, complaining that ha- they had to stand in the cold weather to get their credentials. How bad was it really, and how much of this were media members just upset that they weren't in a better town that had more of a club scene? Yeah, that's that's what I think was part of it. I mean, uh, I'm sorry if you go to go to Minneapolis, and, and we knew this from the get-go. It's cold-weather city, so to have the temperatures be what they are, I think they're just looking for a reason to complain. I will say, as someone who grew up in this weather and lived in it for a good part of my life, there is a difference between 20 degrees and zero degrees and five below. There, there is a big difference. 20 degrees is fine. Zero is difficult. Then when you have the wind, it's something to deal with. The complaining about it, though, is the issue because you knew that it was going to happen. There, Jonas, honestly, the amount of time that when we were dropped off to get into the stadium that we spent outside, maybe 90 seconds. We did have a walk to the stadium because there was a perimeter set up. But it isn't anything to be like, oh, my goodness. And they also warned you. They said, hey, there are times where you're going to have to be outside. You may want to bring uh, proper gear. I brought a coat and gloves, and I was good to go. You are a good man. Dan Beyer, Fox Sports Radio host, reporter. You can get him on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. You will have everything that you need to know as far as behavior from Eagle fans, whether or not they punch horses, whether they vomit on themselves. Dan Beyer is your man all throughout (laughs) the rest of the night on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks, Dano. Uh, Thanks, Jonas. Talk to you later. Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Coming up next, you will not believe, okay, who actually won the Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a stunner, and we will have the latest next here on Fox Sports Radio. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Brady Quinn should be with us at some point. When he starts to behave and I feel like he's earned the right to share the airways with me, I'll let him back on. Okay, but until then, I'm, I'm just not going to tolerate it. I'm not going to tolerate the bad behavior and the bad attitude. Okay, this is uh, we're trying to do a positive show here and try and be uh, radio professionals, do a professional broadcast. I'm not going to tolerate it. You just got to get it up on some days. <laughs> Tell me about it, pal. It's been a long time. All right. Um, do want to let you know we got great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com. In 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. We are going to have updates from Philadelphia, kind of. Okay, Uh, they're going to be updates from the Philadelphia police scanner. Steve DeSager uh, will have everything we need to know from the Philadelphia police scanner. Steve, what is the Mm. latest from Philadelphia, courtesy of the scanner there? Can I just say, pulling the curtain back, that listening to the police scanner for most of the last half hour (laughs) is taking some of the fun of the evening out of this for me? This is awful. I mean, it's... uh, What are we talking about here? I mean, the latest was a guy jumped, landed on his head, is unconscious, and they can't get help to him because it's so crowded. But people are trying to tear down multiple light posts, climbing up fire escape, climbing up on a roof, another call about a huge fight, and they're trying to get people to an intersection, officers to respond. They need more motorcycle people over to this other thing that's happening at Walnut. It's one thing after another. It has been nonstop for the last hour on the Philadelphia police scanner. Meanwhile, in the New England locker room, I must mention the notable absence in the game on defense of Malcolm Butler. Belichick just chose not to play him. This is a former Super Bowl hero at corner, remember. They finally got a hold of him in the locker room, and he said, aside from swearing, he said, they gave up on me. I could have helped tonight. Malcolm well, Butler. I don't know. I think I'll trust uh, Bill Belichick in his um 
you know, his evaluations. Of Both teams play hard, my man. Yeah, tell me about it. Well, we did set the record for total yardage. I think Malcolm Butler may have been helping as they went back and forth. You know that there was only one punt in this game. A total of 14 drives ended in points tonight. And in fact, for most of the second half, it was seven out of eight drives ended in scoring. There wound up well over 1,000 total yards. Now the NFL says it's the most total yards of any NFL game ever. Not just in a Super Bowl, not just in a playoff game. 1,151 yards of offense. Steve, what's the most if you're if you were talking about this game, they're going to talk about the play of the game. What do you think they'll go back to? Man, there are multiples because you had all the okay all the special if, teams if, misses if, in what was a close game. If, if until you just the end. had to pick one, would you say that going the strip forward sack on fourth, at the end? Okay, what about the fourth down before halftime? Yes, okay, because Doug that's a, that's a mental okay. plus as well that it was converted. They had so many third down conversions last game against Minnesota, and now they were ten for sixteen on third down and two for two on fourth downs tonight against the Patriots. So after the game, and this is crazy because uh, Frank Reich, who's the Eagles' offensive coordinator, he actually finally wins a Super Bowl now. So congratulations to Frank Reich. He was he was over with the Buffalo Bills in his career, but Frank Reich finally wins a Super Bowl as the offensive coordinator. And so they asked Frank Reich after the game about where he came up with that play. And he said that him and Doug Peterson were watching a Bears-Vikings game in 2016, <laughs> and the Bears ran that play and scored. And it was Cameron Meredith, a wide receiver, throwing a touchdown pass to Matt Barkley. And that's where they got that play from. I love that. They held on to it and were waiting for the right time to use it. And they chose the Super Bowl <laughs> on fourth down before halftime before they ran that play. So let's just think about this. Not only did Frank Reich win his first Super Bowl, but so did the Eagles franchise. So did Nick Foles. And so did kind of. Cameron Meredith, Matt Barkley, and Dow Loggins, the offensive coordinator for the Bears at the time. Just I think they the, should all get rings. Hide the QB behind the right tackle. Have him split right once they snap it. He was all alone for the TD reception, in addition to his three touchdown passes. And so Nick Foles is Super Bowl MVP. Oh, man, that's unbelievable. By the way, interesting stat. Did you know that Nick Foles has as many touchdown catches in a Super Bowl as Aaron Hernandez? Ouch. More from the Philadelphia Police Scanner in this Super Bowl postgame edition on FSR. So things could look a lot different, a lot different for one NFL franchise come next season. We'll tell you who that is coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio, from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance, visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So uh, Brady Quinn, my radio wife here, uh, he will be with us um, at some point during the show. Uh, Brady will be joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Crazy night. This is the post-game Super Bowl show, and a congratulations are in store are in order for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles finally getting a Super Bowl as they beat the uh, New England Patriots forty-one to thirty-three. Here's how it sounded, courtesy of the Eagles Radio Network. Uh, here's how it sounded, courtesy of the Eagles Radio Network. Seconds left. Eagles by eight. Brady lines them up. He's back again. He steps up. He's hit. He stumbles. He is throwing it deep for the end zone, and it is batted around and incomplete. And the game is over. The game is over. The Philadelphia 
Bowl champions, Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broad Street. Hey, man, if this is a dream, don't wake me up. We're going to have a parade on Broad Street. Hey, raise up the poles. We're going to have a parade. <laughs> the Eagles have won the Super Bowl. Oh, my goodness. 41 to 33. So that was how it sounded, courtesy of the Eagles Radio Network. And I'm happy for the city of Philadelphia. I'm happy for Eagle fans because they've never had this moment. So it's nice to see um, Eagle fans have the opportunity to celebrate a Super Bowl, to celebrate a championship. And and it goes, you know, to something I was saying before. Like when you see people get emotional about this stuff, like there's a lot of um, a lot of nut jobs and uh, and and drunks that are tipping over cars in the streets of Philadelphia. And we are going to have live updates throughout the show from the Philadelphia police scanner because it is getting nasty, all right? It is getting nasty on the Philadelphia police scanner. So we will go live throughout the show uh, to the Philadelphia police scanner to find out the very latest there on the carnage left in the streets uh, from the nut jobs that have, that have taken over the city. But I, I give credit to Doug Peterson because I think that Doug Peterson really looked at what Doug Marone didn't do. And I think Doug Peterson just said, you know what, screw it. I'm not going to play scared. What do I got to lose? I'm the underdog. I'm the guy going in with a backup quarterback. I mean, I'm the one playing the big bad Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Like, what do I got to lose? And so I actually give more credit. I know Nick Foles is going to get a ton of credit, and he deserves it. He played fantastic. He's been brilliant in the postseason. He was brilliant in his other appearance in the playoffs as well, too. So you look at Nick Foles, and you're going to give him a ton of credit, and you're going to credit the Eagle defense for finally coming up with a play late on the strip sack of Tom Brady. But to me, Doug Peterson really set the tone because Doug Peterson said, F it. I'm not playing scared. I'm not doing what other teams do. I'm not doing what Doug Marone did a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to play it safe. I'm going to take my shot. I don't know if we're ever going to be here again. Why not take the chance? And it's worked out before. You saw Sean Payton take a chance in the Super Bowl. You saw Bill Cowher back at Super Bowl 30 do an onside kick at one point during that game. And the Steelers with Neil O'Donnell uh, basically handing the ball uh, over to the Cowboys defense there. Like, like the Steelers almost won that Super Bowl. So it does pay from time to time to take chances, and Doug Peterson took the chances, and they won the game. But here's where this conversation starts, starts to come in, because things may look a lot different, okay, come a year from now. All right, things might look a lot different. So Bill Belichick, all right, Bill Belichick stepped to the podium after the game, and here was Coach Belichick talking about the loss for New England. Just couldn't quite make enough plays uh, to come out on top tonight. It's disappointing. Proud of the way our team competed. Those guys are champions. Champions of the AFC, they earned that. You know, we just came up a little bit short tonight. It's a tough, tough way to end a lot of really good things that happened this season. But that's, that's what this game's about. We weren't able to, to perform at our best. Um, obviously, didn't do a good enough job coaching. Missed a lot of opportunities offensively in the first half. Um, didn't play good enough defense. Didn't play good enough in a kicking game. It just, um, just wasn't, just wasn't quite enough against a good team like, like Philadelphia. So to me, New England had every opportunity to win this game. Their defense couldn't get it done. Okay, and I don't know if that's just a bad look on Matt Patricia or whatnot. The defense couldn't get a stop. The defense finally held Philadelphia to a field goal, and what did New England do? They went back down the field and they took the lead. Defense couldn't get a stop. And so the defense really, for 
it's pretty fair to say let Tom Brady down in this game. Brady was brilliant. He got better as the game went on. He was fantastic. Okay, he was fantastic. And anybody talking about whether or not Brady should retire or whether, you know, the end is near for Tom Brady, it didn't look like the end was near. He was playing against a young, fast defense, and he was taking a blowtorch to that secondary. I mean, he was he, – and, and that was after losing his top deep threat in Cooks, who went out with the head injury. The conversation about Belichick and what happens moving forward started to circulate after the article from Seth Wickersham, and people thought it was bizarre that that Jimmy Garoppolo was traded. Then you also traded Jacoby Brissett in the same year. Like there were sort of these rumblings about ah, you know, what's going to end up happening here? Like why? Like what? What's going to end up happening with this team? And here's here's where I could kind of see why there have been rumors and at least some small discussions about whether or not this is it for Bill Belichick. When you were watching the 30 for 30 a couple of nights ago, they were doing a 30 for 30 on, it was called the two bills and it was on Bill Belichick and it was on Bill Parcells. And it reminded me of something that I recall happening, um, you know, about probably about 10, 12 years ago. So, there was a there was a restaurant that near nearby where sort of where I live. There was a restaurant um, that 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 left. Uh, you know, there was an, an issue at the restaurant, whatever. But the owners still own the land, like they own the property, they own the building. Well, there was another group of owners who wanted to come in and they wanted to open up this restaurant, but they had kind of a track record of being a little flaky or you know, kind of stepping out of line for here or there. So basically, as part of the contract. The owners of the property told these these new owners who wanted to open this brand new restaurant there, we'll let you build on our property. We will let you build on our property, but we're telling you right now, we know your track record. If you slip up one time, if you slip up one time and don't make your payment one month, you guys are gone. We don't care how much you've brought in. We don't care how well you've done in prior months. If you miss one time, you're out of there. And things were pretty smooth. The restaurant was booming. They were doing a lot of business. And about a year and a half, two years later, what happened? They missed a payment one time. And they got a phone call and they said, you got 30 days. Take a walk. That reminds me so much of what might take place with Belichick. Because if you're watching the 30 for 30 on the two bills, they talk about how Bill Parcells got sick of being in New England. And it got so contentious with, with Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, because Bill Parcells gave the comment, you know, they want you to do the cooking. They ought to at least let you shop for the groceries. And he got tired of Robert Kraft getting in the way because he couldn't run the team how he wanted to run it. Bill Belichick is from the Parcells tree. Of all the assistants that ever came through any Bill Parcells team or coaching staff, Belichick was closer to Parcells than any of them. And I wonder if Belichick thought to himself, or maybe there were conversations at some point, where Belichick said, listen, the one time Robert Kraft steps out of line and interjects himself in the running of this football team on a day-to-day basis outside of all the ownership responsibilities, I'm out of here. Because that is a prelude and that is setting the tone for something worse down the road. And I, I wonder, and this is why I could, I could buy and, I, and I'd be willing to, to accept the idea that Belichick could walk away from this whole thing. 
I wonder if when Belichick approached Robert Kraft and said, what are we doing at the quarterback position? Okay, what, like, what's the plan here? We should think about maybe moving Brady in the offseason and building this team around Garoppolo so we can continue to move forward. Okay, right or wrong. Okay, whether you believe it or not or think it's the right move. When Robert Kraft put his foot down because he's close and he's a friend of Tom Brady's, if you watch the Tom versus time, they're FaceTiming. Uh, he gets Tom Brady's mom a Super Bowl ring. I wonder if Bill Belichick, after Robert Kraft said to him, we're not trading Tom Brady under any circumstance after a history of trading away great players, no matter how much production there was, no matter how well they did for the organization or how much they had done for the organization. I wonder if Bill Belichick kept the promise to himself and said, all right, I promise myself if he oversteps his bounds one time, I'm out of here. Because then all of a sudden, not only do you trade your backup, you trade your third stringer as well too. And you bring back Brian Hoyer. And that's why when some of these whispers start coming around about Belichick maybe walking away, you know, maybe he's just kind of fed up with all this, getting coaches ready, thinking about the future, um, you know, kind of uh, taking in the Super Bowl week maybe more than he wanted to before. I wonder if he goes back to that moment to when he promised himself or had a conversation with Parcells and maybe Parcells pulled him aside and said, listen, Bill, just between you and I, watch out for Robert. Because he's going to step in at some point, and he's going to put his foot down. And when he does that, it's going to set a bad precedence. I wonder if that's what happened with Brady. I wonder if that's what happened. And, and that's why when you hear these rumblings about, you know, sort of it's a different mood there. You know, it's not as, uh, you know, it's not as smooth uh, as things used to be. And, and everybody's not on the same page like they used to be. Rob Gronkowski was talking after the game about possible retirement. What? Who the hell saw that? This is the same guy three days ago who, who on his official website was joking that he had 69 friends and families flown in, flown into the game for the Super Bowl. And now three days later, the guy's talking about retirement. Malcolm Butler talking after the game, crying during the national anthem, saying, I don't know, I guess they just gave up on me. I could have helped the team, but they totally gave up on me. Like there, there's, there's something there. I don't know what it is. I don't know if this is just the emotions following a Super Bowl in the locker room. Maybe Gronk doesn't mean any of that. But I wonder if Belichick made a promise to himself the one time Robert Kraft oversteps his bounds and tells me and tries to dictate terms on this roster, I'm walking away. I wonder if that's why some of the moves have been made afterwards. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox. Coming up next, though. There's a uh, so there's an interesting conversation to be had, right? There's an interesting conversation to be had regarding every single team in the NFL. Okay, every team in the NFL noticed something during the Super Bowl. Get ready for a lot of things to change. I'll tell you what that is next year on FSR. Knock it off, Bobo. That's inappropriate, man. We're doing a radio show. Sorry, here. sorry, sorry. Oh, we're back. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. So uh, coming up uh, in 10 minutes from now here on FSR, we are going to uh, to hear from Lane Johnson, who's a very popular man in Philadelphia. He promised beer for the city of Philadelphia for a party if they win the Super Bowl. 
So we will ask him about that. You'll hear from Lane Johnson, a Super Bowl champion. Craziness is the Philadelphia Eagles win the first Super Bowl in the history of their franchise. Uh, so that'll be coming up uh, 10 minutes from now. We're also going to get to uh, how why this game may actually change some things in the NFL. Believe it or not, this game that you watched on Sunday night might change some things in the NFL. So we'll have that for you here in a couple of minutes. But we've been doing it periodically throughout the show. We go live now to our Philadelphia Police Scanner Insider, better known mm. as the great Steve DeSager for the latest from the streets of Philly. Yeah, not good. If you're not in the streets of Philly... Count yourself blessed because it's not just the pole climbing and the car tipping and the signs down. A trooper was run over, now said to be up and walking. Large fight recently reported, hardly the only one out in the streets of Philadelphia. Female with a diabetic seizure. At one point they said, Marine units and state police, please continue in. It has not been a good evening. And this is, aside from the the jumping off the street signs and the poles down and people going up on roofs and uh, some people actually... uh, law enforcement I'm talking about calling in saying asking for a supervisor for more units in their area it's not been good Philadelphia there was an actual game tonight did win the Super Bowl 41-33 in the upset of New England Jonas two items from the pro people at pro football talk they note that the NFC East is now the first division in which every team in its division has won a Super Bowl Philly just won its first Super Bowl tonight in fact first NFL title for Philadelphia since 1960 and as far as the defensive back former Super Bowl hero Malcolm Butler who didn't get a single snap on defense and he said afterwards they gave up on me you would think that once we get up to about 400 500 yards of offense by the opponent that this guy who was active might get a snap on defense and it never happened in fact this guy, the backup, Eric Rowe, said afterwards via the league's postgame quotes that were distributed, it wasn't the plan that Butler wouldn't play and that it was essentially not official until kickoff tonight. I feel for my teammate Butler, end quote. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it seems something's fishy. You know what I mean? Like, like yes. it's not a and, – and I know – They say it's just a football decision. Belichick yeah, and Patricia said uh, that. Something tells me – there's going to be, uh, and I don't know what it is, but something tells me something's going to come out in the next couple of days. Because well, Mal- Malcolm Butler was emotional on the sidelines. Like, I yeah, wonder before, what, what yeah. really happened. Um, I, I, I don't it, It's very bizarre because, yeah, they could have used some sort of help. They could have used something out there. By the way, how about Matt Patricia? Talk about not sticking the landing in New England. <laughs> On your way out, that is your last defensive performance. Good God. He he, he went from uh, a head coach of the Lions to Kerry Strug in about a half Ouch. hour. Ouch. How about that, huh? You know, don't you run your Olympics by me, baby. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's let's get some focus on exactly what happened tonight. <laughs> You're going to be able to tell your buddy tomorrow that New England had over 600 yards Never punted once in the sink in the four quarters. Never punted. Only one penalty on the Patriots. New England didn't have a single turnover until about two minutes left, and they never even led tonight until the fourth quarter. And then the last three minutes, they give up a touchdown and a field goal and lose 41-33 to Nick Foles. Go it, figure. It, defense totally let him down. Completely let him down. And, and what's interesting about it is the defense saved him. Well, that's it. But won the Super Bowl for him, you know, against Seattle a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, and and that wasn't a uh, that wasn't uh, you know happenstance. They had practiced that with Butler cutting off the route at the goal line like that. That was genius. And then we had, I mean, even the kicking game was crazy. We had so much four quarters of craziness in Minnesota tonight. 
That adventure in the first half, Philadelphia missed an extra point kick and a two-point try. Later, they missed another two-point try. New England first half missed a short field goal and an extra point kick. You had the strip sack fumble late in the game. You had the going for it on fourth down by Philly a couple times, both successful. So many things you could point to. Craziness. Just an unbelievable game. Uh, so we will have uh, Steve DeSager. We'll be back here uh, in the next few minutes uh, with more from around the world of sports. Uh, really, I mean, who really gives a riff about anything else? I mean, Yeah, Lakers player. won in Oklahoma City today. <laughs> cares? Uh, all right. So, uh, so thanks, Steve. So we've got, uh, you know, Philadelphia police scanner stuff. There's, like, no stone unturned here on Fox Sports Radio. Drama, gambling, Drunks in the streets, scanner updates, you name it, no stone unturned here. The one thing we we do not have here on the show is Brady Quinn. And again, until he shapes up, he's going to get shipped out. That's just the way this has got to be. I run a tight ship around here, and I'm not going to deal with any sort of bad behavior. That is code for Brady's got some other things that he is doing right now post-show for the Super Bowl, so he will be with us as soon as he can. Bobo and I have both heard from Brady Quinn, and uh, and he should be here, um, I, I what, you think Thursday? Thursday will make it? Uh, probably if he's not okay. too hungover. Um, wouldn't that be something if, <laughs> if somebody in Philadelphia saw Brady at a bar, like he's doing keg stands at some bar in downtown Philly and he was just lying to us the whole time about not being here. I'd actually give, I'd actually welcome him on the show right then and there. Brady's one of the ones swinging from the telephone poles oh, right yeah. now. Oh yeah. Um, so it, it was funny cause Brady was on, I do a, a highly rated weekend overnight show here on Fox Sports Radio. By you don't say. Hi, by, yeah, by highly rated, I mean not rated at all. What time? Um, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's afternoon drive in uh, Bangladesh. But listen, that's, that you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and Brady, Brady actually joined me on my show this weekend. We were talking about just sort of what would happen if the Eagles won this game. And this is where this stuff gets interesting. So we all acknowledge that the NFL is a copycat league. That, that when teams see formations or they see a plan work or a hiring work or a signing work that other teams around the league will try and do the same. It's why I always thought, you know, the Cleveland Browns doing the money ball thing, bringing in baseball guys to run the football organization, which just did not work out and has not worked out as of yet. If that actually worked out, how many other teams around the league would see that or were monitoring it closely to go, ooh, that's a new idea. I think I'll try that. You saw it with the Wildcat. You saw with the uh, the quarterbacks, the mobile quarterbacks um, that, that could run the pistol, that whole formation that came out of college football. That was a real trend uh, for a couple of years. Like That's just the way the NFL is. Like like Teams are watching. They're scouting. They're looking. What is working? How, how would this make sense for us? And so it happens every year. And every couple of years, you see another change made. And we've been on this kick in the NFL. There's been this kick to where you've got to have a franchise quarterback. Like, that's that's the whole thing. Like, you've got to have a franchise quarterback. You've got to have a quarterback that, that, can, that can carry your team. That's the most important thing as far as a roster goes. And so you watch as teams around the league do everything predicated on the quarterback fire a head coach and you've got a young quarterback behind center, I guess you better bring in an offensive coach because you've got to get somebody to develop that guy. Got a young quarterback, better get him some weapons. Got a young quarterback, better build the offensive line. Got it. Like that's what we've been told and what we've been led to believe this entire time. If you have a young quarterback, that's the most important thing. Find your franchise quarterback and the rest is quote easy. Now what? Because the Philadelphia Eagles just won a Super Bowl with a guy that was considering retirement before the season. Okay? 
They just won a Super Bowl with a guy that was considering never playing in the National Football League before the season. Now what are we doing? Hire Kaepernick. And if you think, right, and if you think (laughs) we hit our Kaepernick quota, we already got Aaron Hernandez in, so if you had that in your Super Bowl prop bets, don't worry, they have both made an appearance on the show. There it is. Um, But now if you're an NFL team around the league and you're seeing how Philadelphia has done it, this could change the way teams look at this in this offseason. And that's why I said... When people were talking about Kirk Cousins and they were talking about, oh, man, Kirk Cousins is going to make a ton of money, man. Kirk Cousins, whew, good for Kirk Cousins. He already made two back-to-back franchise tag paychecks, and now Kirk Cousins is going to get out in the open market, and he's going to make a ton of money because, you know, he's a franchise quarterback. The Eagles just won a Super Bowl. They just beat Tom Brady. They just beat Bill Belichick, and they did it all with not only not a franchise quarterback, but with a backup, a guy who had one good season under his belt. He's the MVP of the Super Bowl. You don't think other franchises around the league are looking at how Philadelphia did this and maybe changing the way they view their roster? Like, you think teams that are considering Kirk Cousins aren't now going back to the drawing board and saying, you know what, I know know Kirk's going to cost this, but what if we brought in so-and-so and instead put money towards other parts of the organization? Because if Philadelphia can do it, why can't we? It's a copycat league. Like, like everything in this league has either been done or is being repeated by somebody. That's the way it goes. We know this about the NFL. That, that's, that, that is what the NFL has been built on throughout all our lifetime. Like, so when, when you're watching the Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback and a head coach who had never called plays before, never called plays before, and a, a team who went out and signed Alshon Jeffrey to a one-year prove-it deal and convinced him in season to sign a long-term deal for four more years as opposed to waiting to the end of the year. You know how much more money Alshon Jeffrey could have gotten at the end of this season after his performance in the playoffs? Like, the Eagles got a discount. But now because the Eagles have had success, you're going to see other teams around the league look at this, and it's going to change the conversation. That's why when people were talking about Kirk Cousins is going to get rich, now Kirk Cousins is already rich. He was going to get paid regardless. But now the conversations are a little more difficult. Now teams are really starting to do the math, and they're thinking, well, wait a minute. If they can do it like that, why the hell can't we? That's why I think this is going to be fascinating this offseason to see how teams adjust to what Philly just did in the Super Bowl. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, uh, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. We are going to hear from Super Bowl champion Lane Johnson. He is going to join you next. He owes a lot of people in Philadelphia beer. We'll explain that coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. But for all the latest from around the world of sports, Steve DeSager. Quite a Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota tonight. Philadelphia with the upset win over New England, 41-33. The game MVP, Nick Foles, with four total touchdowns, including one TD catch. Tom Brady dropped the one pass coming his way on a trick play tonight. Foles with 373 yards passing. Tom Brady with a postseason record 505 yards passing. Three touchdowns. Again, it's not just the most yards passing in any Super Bowl. It's the most yards passing in any NFL playoff game 
ever. It's the Eagles' first NFL title since 1960, so their first ever Super Bowl win. Philadelphia in the last two and a half minutes scored a touchdown and a field goal for the 41-33 victory. There were 17 Super Bowl records set tonight, 12 others tied, including most first downs by passing. 42 first downs combined in the fourth quarter just by passing. They tied fewest punts in a Super Bowl, only one. Fewest sacks, there were only one combined tonight. The only sack of the game came with about two minutes left by Brandon Graham of the Eagles. It caused a Tom Brady fumble. The game broke the Super Bowl record for total yards before the third quarter even ended. Total yardage wound up 1,151. That was the number of yards on offense, the most in any NFL game ever. It broke a record set in 1950 in a game by the L.A. Rams against the now-defunct New York Yanks. Again, it's most combined yards ever, not just in a Super Bowl, not just in a playoff game, in any NFL game. In fact, Jonas, put it this way, Philadelphia averaged 7.5 yards per play tonight. New England, for its four quarters, averaged 8.5 yards per Per play, And each team had over 70 plays on offense today. There were nine total touchdowns, five field goals added up. It was nearly the most points. It was a point shy of most points ever in a Super Bowl game. 41-33 Philly. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. But at least the New England fans have that Celtics buzzer beater earlier today, right? They beat Portland 97-96. Toronto won at home as well. Road wins for the Lakers and Atlanta. And college basketball victories for Villanova, Ohio State, and Arizona State. Back to you. By the way, Steve, I just want to point this out. Steve DeSager, um, one of my favorite people in all the radio. You You are leaking optimism right now. Because you have had the duty of listening to the Philadelphia police scanner, Not and your positivity has gone down the toilet. Okay, <laughs> like we started out yeah. in a much better place than we are at right now. Because you have had to sit in the mud it's with bad. these savages in Philadelphia while they rip their city apart. Well, I'll put it this way: on a more serious level, I knew a guy that used to work in county jail. And after about six months of working there and around, you know, I don't want to say the dregs of humanity, but it can get you down. Oh, yeah. I'm just its an hour and a half of listening to what's going on in Philadelphia right now. Is I, I, have, down. I have multiple friends who are cops. You all start out at the county jails. Like, that's the starting point. It's like the uh, the dishwasher in a restaurant. Like, that's the starting point. That's that's the bottom. And, and they'll... Uh, They've told me, like, you'll go home, and it's like, man. Yeah, don't take it was, out on the dog. Yeah. The yeah, latest, by the way, oh. we've heard on the Philly police scanner. Well, hold on, Steve. Let's set this up correctly. Yes. Uh, we've got to get your – we have a live studio band in. Every time Steve checks in oh, uh, from Philadelphia on the on the police scanner, we've got to get your live studio – all right, we are ready. All right. You take it away. Steve DeSager, our Philadelphia police scanner insider. What's the latest, Steve? Go ahead, Cranker. We are Fox, after all. Light pole and sign down the moat recents. <laughs> man down on the highway. Male bleeding from the face, seizure, person a person unconscious. Don't forget all the uh, car tipping, pole climbing, other signs down. <laughs> and Christmas. a partridge in a pear tree. There, there was a Christmas tree on fire earlier, a guy asking <laughs> to get the fire extinguisher out of his police unit. Yeah, it's not been good in Philly, and it's continuing. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Thanks, Steve. And um, all the chants against Tom Brady. I mean, I'm not going into course. all the audio that's going on as well. Yeah, Of course. Uh, we are coming to you live, by the way, from the uh, Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So Lane Johnson, brand new Super Bowl champion, 
Um, he joined us earlier in the show from the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Lane Johnson promised a lot of people Bud Light. We wanted to get to that. Okay, we wanted we wanted to get to how he was going to attack the paying of the bet, the promise that he made to buy a lot of people Bud Light in Philadelphia. But we wanted to find out from Lane Johnson, and I asked him earlier in the show when he knew because it's a helpless feeling. You're on the sidelines, biggest game of your life. When he knew that it was finally over and Philly was Super Bowl champions? Uh, when that clock just struck zero, I mean, it really really came down to them. We would like to, to get a first down. That last last drive we had, wasn't able to get it done. Defense came in and, and, and played well and finished it all for us, man. So I'm just, just so happy for everybody. We put in a lot of work this season. A lot of injuries happened, and um, it could be a better picture for us. It's- so we also had a chance uh, in talking with Lane Johnson, uh, Eagles tackle, and he's he's fantastic um, as uh, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, beat the New England Patriots and win Super Bowl 52. Also talked to him about, I remember being on the air when Carson Wentz went down with the injury. It was in L.A., and Brady Quinn and myself were on the air right afterwards, and the rumblings started to come out from the locker room that they fear it was a torn ACL. And I remember being on the air with Brady at the time, and I was just thinking, man, you just won a game. It was a big pivotal matchup in the NFC. The Eagles beat the Rams. You establish yourself as the best team in the conference on the road, and your best player, the potential MVP of the league, you're fearing is out for the year with a knee injury. Uh, here was Lane Johnson talking about that effect on the team. You know, even before the season, uh, you know, um, not to think of course never going down, but if we did, I knew we had depth that position with Nick. He's had success here in Philadelphia. He's bounced around a few places. And before as uh, being confident whenever he plays, that's what Nick is. And uh, it's really just, you know, we had a lot of injuries on that tackle. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, Jordan Hicks. So just, you know, a lot of guys had to step up. But with the offseason that we had, we established a lot of depth. So, um, you know, you know, kudos to those guys. And uh, Lane Johnson, and this is a uh, a story that started to make the rounds, and I think people forgot about it. But there were there was a, a discussion about Lane Johnson said if the Philadelphia Eagles um, won a Super Bowl, that he would provide the beer, that he would take care of it. And then Bud Light heard about it, and they chimed in. So of course we had to ask Lane Johnson. Now you got to pay up on the bet. I know that Bud Light is in as far as giving Bud Light out. However, I'm not sure if everybody in Philadelphia loves Bud Light. I'm sure that you know there's more beers they'd rather have. So. <laughs> Um, I'll be passing out Bud Light, and if I had to put in some of my money to get some other beers, we may have to have a Twitter poll and, and get after it. If you gave an Eagles fan in downtown Philadelphia a shot of WD-40, they'd take it, okay? Like, they would take it. I'm telling you. They, they are out of their minds. Uh, Lane Johnson also talked about the plans to stay in Minneapolis for the night, Get, get it going in, in Minneapolis before they fly back to Philly. Here was more from Lane Johnson of the Philadelphia Eagles earlier. Yeah, yeah, we stay in Minneapolis tonight. We fly out tomorrow and then um, I guess get ready for parade the next, next day or so. You're going to be on like a 48 to 72-hour bender, man. Like the hangover <laughs> tomorrow is going to be an outer space type hangover. <laughs> it's all worth it. Can you imagine what it's like for those guys? Like you, you run the town. I remember when the – Pittsburgh Penguins won the Stanley Cup in 2009. So, like, if you go to downtown Pittsburgh, um, and by the way, if you do go to downtown Pittsburgh, you will probably find a member of the Steelers coaching staff in an altercation. Uh, I can I can assure you that at a bar. And uh, I remember there was some. There's a place in downtown Pittsburgh called Mario's, 
And it was a, a cool hangout for a lot of, uh, you know, like the, the Penguin players would go there. And it's a cool spot. I've been there a couple of times. And there was a scene where the Penguins bring the Stanley Cup to Mario's. There's an upstairs. And they were pouring beer and whatever else they could put inside the Stanley Cup. And they were tipping it off the balcony into the fans below and having them drink beer out of the Stanley Cup. And that was a team that hadn't won a Stanley Cup in 17 years. That was the latest. Like, they waited 17 years. but And they had had some good teams, but 17 years before they finally won a Stanley Cup. That is would feel like an Amish community compared to what Philadelphia is going to be like the next 72 hours. Okay, so... It's it's crazy town right now. Okay, it's crazy town. There's a small segment of the population that is growing that is turning it into a, an absolute disaster. But uh, nonetheless, congrats to uh, the city of Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl champions. Uh, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, uh, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Up next, you will not believe who had the audacity to take a shot at the NFL. On, of all days, Super Bowl Sunday. That's next on FSR. Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Congratulations, the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl champions. Uh, So, of course, we must congratulate the architect of it all, Chip Kelly. Uh, Chip Kelly, who built this roster uh, a couple of years back. Just an outstanding job by Chip Kelly finally bringing a Super Bowl to the city of Philadelphia. Long overdue, so make sure you reach out to Chip Kelly, all you Eagle fans who ran him out of town, and thank him for building this roster and bringing you a Super Bowl as you destroy your city. All right. Um, so so being Super Bowl Sunday, and also uh, just a heads up, about 10 minutes from now, could have a developing situation impacting two teams who may be without head coaches, all right? A developing situation in the NFL. So we're going to get to that in about 10 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, I don't know when Brady Quinn's going to be here. I have no idea. Uh, I told him when he gets a better attitude and he uh, he wants to uh, to treat me with the respect I deserve, I'll allow him on the air, okay? So as soon as that happens, uh, Brady Quinn will be allowed on the air. All right, and I don't know. I don't know when that's going to be. It, it's all depending on Brady Quinn's behavior. So, if you want to reach out to Brady Quinn on Twitter, you can do so at third underscore goal and let him know to get his attitude right, or else he's just not going to be allowed to do the show this week. Go hard on a guy, yeah, him especially. So, Super Bowl Sunday, right? Great day for the NFL. Everybody out there that piled on the NFL all year long, everybody talking about the NFL and, oh, they're they're in a downturn and, you know, they've peaked and uh, nobody's watching anymore and nobody really cares. I don't know about you. Sure seemed like a lot of people were watching to me. Sure seemed like there were a lot of eyeballs on that TV. Sure seemed like there were a lot of Super Bowl things trending on social media all throughout Sunday. And so you would figure, all right, well, look. Super Bowl Sunday, nobody's going to pot shot the NFL. Nobody's going to take a shot at the NFL. And then all of a sudden, you forget about this little 800-pound elephant in the room. And by 800-pound elephant in the room, I mean 200-ounce mosquito that flamed out in one year called the XFL. And so the XFL decided, hey, why not? It's Super Bowl Sunday. Let's do a little troll job here. This is from the official Twitter account of the XFL on Sunday. It's a touchdown. What a catch. Of course, all scoring plays are reviewed. 
Upon further review, there have been accusations of bobbling, or hobbling, or sobbing. Oh well, can a horse be led to water? Is Bitcoin a good investment? Why is autocorrect always wrong? Let's pause right here for this official timeout. It's tied up at 14-14, and we'll be right back with the kickoff. And the kick goes into the end zone for a touchback. And we'll be right back with more action. <laughs> We're back. Smith fades back to pass. And that ball's picked off. It's intercepted. So there's a change of possession. He'll be right back. And up on the middle for a two-yard gain. That's the end of the third quarter, and we'll take another break. Well done by the XFL, everybody. The XFL finding Super Bowl Sunday the proper time to troll the NFL with all their timeouts. And I'll just say this. It got to a point on Sunday where it was like, come on, man. Let's speed this up. All right, let's speed it up. Uh, let Pink throw out her throat lozenge or whatever the hell that was. I, I wish it was tobacco. Could you imagine if Pink was like had a skull pouch in? while doing the national anthem, that's the move. Like Or like a Copenhagen, just a horseshoe of Copenhagen. That would be wonderful. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, Bob, I know you're big into music. Eric Roberts as well, too. Um, of course. Did you guys happen to see Cher make her comeback during I the Super Bowl? did not. Yeah, Cher did a uh, Kia commercial. Oh, that was Steven Tyler. Oh. Wow. Sorry. Sorry, I got confused there. I didn't know. Uh... Oh, that's who that was supposed to be? <laughs> No, uh, man, he's had some work. I didn't know that's what I was supposed to be. Yeah, Steven Tyler, Aerosmith. The Stinger commercial for the new car they got. I don't know, one of the Kia commercials. Wow. A lot of commercials, hard to keep up with. Yeah, how about that? Old Cher and uh, Steven Tyler, a little body double time on uh, the Kia commercial during the Super Bowl. So, so there, there it is. Mm-hmm. Anything jump out to you, Bobo? Anything you want to comment on that wouldn't get us fired? That'll be tough for you. Kevin Hart got denied from going I love on stage. That. Good for him. You know what? <laughs> Good for him. Don't be a blowhard. Just because you're a celebrity, it doesn't mean you get free reins to go wherever you want to go. The security did exactly their job, and they told him, listen, man, we get it. You're a celebrity. Uh, you did Jumanji, which from what I've heard is an awful movie. So so you're just not allowed on here. That's the way this has got to be. Uh, Steve DeSager. On top of that, Kevin Hart made his way to the NFL Network set right after the game. One F-bomb, and he was escorted off the set. Oh, so he must have been hammered. Good for him. You know what? Good good, good for Kevin. That, that's that's the way to, uh, to throw a temper tantrum because you don't get allowed somewhere. That's how it's done. <laughs> God, man. Just because they're, they're celebrities, man. They think they can just go where they want to go. Don't you do that? Their, no. That, first of all. Nobody knows who the hell I am, except for uh, the people in Crenshaw. They know on Crenshaw, not on, in Crenshaw. Ah, whatever. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I'm street. I know what I'm talking about, Bo. All right, Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio. A big, big developing situation in the NFL involving two teams. Next on FSR. Oh, man. You know, sometimes you just got to give credit where credit is due. I'm telling you, uh, I broke the news first. I would like I would like credit for this because I think I'm the only one that has truly appreciated this. I'm standing up in the studio. Screw it. I am standing up right now. 
no joke, standing up. I don't even know if I have pants on. The lights have gone out in the studio. Ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause. Let's give credit where credit is due because this is Chip Kelly's Philadelphia Eagles who are Super Bowl champions. Give credit to the architect. Everybody lay on the horns. Do what you got to do in Philly. Report that on the scanner in Philadelphia. Chip Kelly leading the Eagles to their first ever Super Bowl championship. Wow. Just great stuff. The devil are you talking about? As people are listening to us uh, on uh, AM570 LA Sports, the flagship of Fox Sports Radio right now in LA, the man who just won a team their first ever Super Bowl is now the head coach of your UCLA Bruins. So congratulations, Chip Kelly. Credit where credit is due. Good for him, man. Good for him. After all that, the architect finally gets a little bit of love, delivering a Super Bowl trophy. The Lombardi Trophy is in Philadelphia next to the Rocky statue that has uh, a homeless guy, a drunk, and a light pole lying next to it because they have completely destroyed that city. So we will have updates from the Philadelphia police scanner coming up in about uh, 15 minutes from now here on Fox Sports Radio. A wild scene in Philadelphia. So we will have live updates from Philadelphia here uh, coming up uh, 15 minutes from now. But I do want to give, um, in all seriousness, give credit. And I, I open up the show with this because I think that it's kind of like you can learn. I've always been a believer of this, and I was talking about this earlier, that I think, I think you can learn more from – how people do things the wrong way than how they do it the right way. Like if you're trying to figure out what it is that you want to do or what you want to accomplish in life, sometimes it's good to surround yourself with people that have no idea where they're going. That kind of motivates you. Like if you're around a bunch of lazy people, like if you live in a, in a house and there's like three other roommates and you come down at 1230 and they're still sleeping or uh, they're eating popcorn or Cheetos on the couch, like it kind of motivates you. I've always been that type of guy where it motivates me to not want to be like that. Like I learn more from my surroundings on how not to do things and how to actually do them. And so I think that at some point, maybe in the course of two weeks, I think Doug Peterson just kind of said, you know what? F it, man. Like, like, I'm not doing what Doug Marone did. I'm not going to play it safe at halftime. I'm not, you know, if I've got a chance to step on the throne, I'm going to try and do it. And I think that Doug Peterson looked at this game. He saw the opportunity. Uh, he ran the play on fourth down before halftime. And I think that the team totally bought into Doug Peterson, who just was fearless in this game. Could have gone in, could have played it cautious, could have played it safe against the Philadelphia, against the New England Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and all of that. And he said, no, I'm not doing it. You never know when you're going to get another opportunity to be here. You never know when this chance is going to be at your fingertips again. And he decided, I'm going to take my swing. I'm doing it. And I give credit to, to Doug Peterson for that because a lot of people are going to give the credit to Nick Foles, and he's he was great. He's been great all throughout the postseason. But I thought the the game plan, the play calling by Doug Peterson, the way he used Foles, some of the play design, um, you know, they talked afterwards. Frank Reich, the offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, talked about the play before halftime. And that was a play that they saw the Chicago Bears run in 2016. They saw the play, and it, it ended up being a touchdown pass from Cameron Meredith to Matt Barkley in 2016 and Frank Reich and Doug Peterson kept that in mind. They watched the play. They studied it. They copied the play from a bears game 
one of the worst teams in the league the last several years, and they were paying close enough attention that they saw that play and they jotted it down and they saved it and they held on to it for just the right time. And when did they decide to use it? Right before halftime in the Super Bowl. Like, like that is guts, man. Like, it's like, like just talk about going into a game, uh, doing your research, and then with everything on the line, you could play it safe. You could run up the gut. You could, you could, you know, uh, you know, have a, a just a basic uh, pass to a tight end or do something basic there, something safe. And they said, you know what? You remember that play we watched like two years ago from that really crummy team in the NFC North? where Cam Meredith threw to Matt Barkley in the end zone, I think now's the time we pull that out of it, out of the closet. Like, like oh, why don't we go pull that club out of the bag and let's swing with that one in the biggest moment of the game. So I give credit for Doug Peterson. He was totally fearless in this game, and he deserves all the credit in the world. So congrats to uh, Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia Eagles uh, Super Bowl champions. Um, here's the other thing. Listen, I, I don't know why the live studio audience keeps chiming in. Th- this is ridiculous. I mean, we're doing a show here from uh, Sherman Oaks. It is packed. There are people outside the streets. They can't get enough. Uh, there's a uh, there's a bum urinating on the side of the road. Oh. oh, no, that's one of the editors. Um, but never mind that. So Something is wrong here. So here's, here's an interesting angle on this. All right. So the New England Patriots lose this game. And I was talking about this earlier, that <sighs> – like, at some point, everything runs its course. You know, at some point, everything runs its course. And you, you just wonder, there had been some rumblings, like, hey, you know, is this it? Is this it for Bill Belichick? You know, is this it for Bill Belichick? Is this it for Tom Brady? Is it, you know, is everything coming apart? Uh, Josh McDaniels is supposedly leaving. Matt Patricia is supposedly leaving. And Matt Patricia had an awful game as a defensive coordinator. Like, is this it for, for the dynasty? Rob Gronkowski talked about potential retirement after the game. Like, just there's a lot going on with the organization. There's been some dysfunction, Tom Brady's trainer, all of that throughout the course of the year. And so you hear the rumblings about, okay, well, well, is this all coming to an end? So Tom Curran, who's a longtime, a longtime Boston reporter, has covered the Patriots, and he's covered them for a long time and does a great job, and he's a good guy. Tom Curran was talking after the game on Comcast Sportsnet New England. And the discussion turned to Josh McDaniels because Josh McDaniels is supposedly going to take the Indianapolis Colts head coaching job. And so Tom Curran is in the locker room and it's right after a Super Bowl. So you've got to ask, you know, you're, you're talking to different, you know, people are in a bad mood and people are upset. It's the losing locker room. It's kind of a depressing vibe. But Tom Curran said something really interesting. And it was about the coaching situation in New England. And I don't know if anybody had thought about this at the moment, but this is where things could get interesting, not only for the Patriots, but for the Colts as well, too. I tried to press Josh McDaniels on the report and the rumor that he might be leaving, excuse me, leaving the Indianapolis Colts at the altar and staying with the Patriots. Josh says, I'm not going to talk about that tonight. I said that impacts the future of the franchise because the intimation is that Josh McDaniels might stay and replace Bill Belichick. My understanding is that as of right now, there is no direct party line as to what's going to happen. There will be a conversation between uh, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, most likely tomorrow. But right now, there is a lot of dust still in the air, and we don't know what it's going to look like when it settles. But the Indianapolis Colts, right now, as far as I can 
gather from what's gone on Sunday, they don't quite yet have Josh McDaniels in-house, and we don't quite know specifically whether or not Bill Belichick is going to remain here. So many conversations that it's really hard to pin down. That was uh, Tom Curran, Comcast Sportsnet, uh, New England, uh, earlier after Super Bowl 52. And that's where it gets interesting because it's it's why when, when the report came out, when Seth, the Seth Wickersham article came out, and they were talking about how the Patriots aren't getting along and it's not as, as good of a locker room vibe and it's just a different scene altogether this season in New England. One of the thoughts I had was, well, if Belichick's leaving, why is he setting these guys up for interviews in other places? Like, if Belichick's really leaving, like, the heir apparent would be Josh McDaniels. Like, it just makes all the sense in the world. And if you're Josh McDaniels, would you rather go to Indianapolis to go coach for Jim Ursay? who's a whack job from time to time? Or would you rather stay in New England, you're familiar with it, you know what you're working with, you know the ins and outs, and you at least get Brady for another year, another couple of years, and you can continue to build that relationship? Like, that would make all the sense to me in the world. And so when you started hearing, well, well Belichick is, is having these guys interview for other, you know, he's helping them out in their interviews, and he's, he's you know, uh, helping them try and, uh, you know, land coaching jobs elsewhere. Like, that's why it didn't make any sense to me. So when I first heard that, I said, well, if Belichick's doing that, that doesn't mean to me that Belichick's automatically out the door. That just means that he's helping guys trying to get a gig. He's done it before. Romeo Cornell, Charlie Weiss, this happened before. Like, this actually happened, ironically, last time the Patriots beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Charlie Weiss and Romeo Cornell took head coaching gigs. So it's not like we haven't seen this before. But if he is leaving, the guy that's going to get that job is Josh McDaniels. And Josh McDaniels hasn't signed on any dotted line. Josh McDaniels hasn't fully committed to Indianapolis yet. And it's why I was making the comparison earlier. Like, I, I can remember... There being a restaurant near where I lived where the owners of the land, of the property, were willing to to have you know somebody come in and open a brand new restaurant on their land. But they knew that the owners and the investors of this restaurant had a shady past. And so one of the stipulations was if you guys miss one payment one month, no matter how good and how successful your restaurant has been up until that point in time, you guys are out of here. One slip up and you guys are gone because we know your reputation. We've seen it before. We're not going to get stuck with the bill. One slip up and you guys are out of here. Lo and behold, year and a half, two years later, they missed their payment one month and they were out the door. And it reminded me of it because when you watch the 30 for 30 on the two bills, Belichick and Parcells, Parcells got so fed up with Robert Kraft trying to interject into football operations that he decided he wanted to walk. He just was sick of it. I wonder if Belichick, being around there at the time, said to himself, if Robert Kraft interjects one time in football operations, I'm out of here. I've seen what he's done before. If he does it one time, I'm out of here. And I wonder... If when Robert Kraft told Bill Belichick, we're not trading Tom Brady under any circumstance, I know we've done it to other veterans on this team, but we're not doing it to Brady. He's different. I wonder if Belichick said in his mind, all right, I promised myself, I said, if he does it one time, I'm out of here. I'm not going down this road. I'm not going to get caught up into this. I'm not going to set a precedence that I'm going to let that guy call the shots. If that's why he started selling off his quarterbacks, if he started becoming distant, 
if he started uh, being frustrated, if he started just sort of looking big picture at this whole thing. And now that you hear Tom Curran talk about how the whispers and the rumblings on the future of Belichick and McDaniels hasn't exactly signed the contract in Indianapolis, like things could get really, really interesting in New England over the next week. Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at the Jonas Knox as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Coming up next, we are going to go live, live to Philadelphia. It is an absolute madhouse, okay? Do not go anywhere. You will not believe what the hell is going down in the streets of Philly. We'll have that for you next year on Fox Sports Radio. Oh my God. You'll never guess who decided to fix their attitude and because of that i will allow them to be a part of the show now ladies and gentlemen roll out the red carpet put down the weed set aside the booze brady quinn is back everybody round of applause for brady quinn he is back folks the man is back here on Fox Sports Radio. I think, Thank you. I think Thank you've learned you. your lesson. You. I think you've is, uh, you is this what you've been lying and telling <laughs> the people? Come I, on, I did hear rumors that you were saying this is all Chip Kelly. Yeah. This is all this is his team. This yeah. is all his making. Got I it. did hear that. Gotta um, give credit where credit is due, man. Right, right. It couldn't be any further from the truth. Um, <laughs> but cares? yeah, I mean, think about it. Let's just look at like their starting lineup per se, right? Like yeah. uh Nick Foles. Not on the roster when Chip Kelly well was, but then left and then eventually made his way back. Howie Roseman signed him. Alshon Jeffrey, that was Howie Roseman. Yeah. Uh, J.H.I., Laguerre Blunt. Uh, just all the, all the players that actually had a pretty big impact in tonight's game, Tory yeah. Smith. But um, if it wasn't for Chip Kelly getting fired, Doug Peterson would never be the head coach. Now that, Chip Kelly, that I can run with. Yeah, so that I can run with. So that's what, it's in a roundabout way. This is actually Chip Kelly's Super Bowl. See, it just goes to show you, you know, you don't always have to do things the right way or win uh-huh. to help people win a Super Bowl. Yeah. You actually can lose and help them win a Super uh, Bowl. Brady Quinn, what do you think about, okay, so the, the fourth down play before halftime. All right, now and I, I want to get, now we are going to check in uh, in Philadelphia at the with the police scanner, okay, because we have Steve DeSager, our police scanner insider, who's going to be with us here coming up shortly. So we will be checking in with Steve here shortly. But I want to get your, uh, so, the, so the play call Right before halftime, did you hear Frank Reich, the offensive coordinator? Congrats to Frank Reich, who finally won a Super Bowl, too. Uh, yeah. Did you hear Frank Reich uh, mention where they got that play design from? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Westlake High School down in Texas in no. Austin, I believe, right? Because uh-huh, no. No, 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 no. Before you go any further, did you see what happened after that, after that play? So Sam Ellinger, who's the quarterback for Texas, he literally tweeted that out when he was in high school a year ago. He actually ran that exact same play, verbatim, the exact same play. Tweeted it out, showed it. It's, it's, it's the exact same thing, and it just so happens to be the same high school that Nick Foles went to. Here's, um, here's the truth. Frank Reich, okay? <laughs> and listen, like you, you, you come to me for my X's and O's, and you know this, all right? By the way, another a fun stat for you. Did you know Nick Foles has as many touchdown receptions as Aaron Hernandez in Super Bowls? I, I did know that. that. I did know that. Yeah. Um, so so here's the uh, so here's here's what uh, Frank Reich said after the game. He said they got that play because they were watching a game in 2016 between the Vikings and the Bears, and Cameron Meredith threw a touchdown pass to Matt Barkley. So and also a roundabout way. Not only did Chip Kelly win a Super Bowl Sunday night. Not only did Frank Reich finally win a Super Bowl Sunday night. 
But Dow Loggins, the offensive coordinator of the Bears at the time, who's now the OC in Miami, he won a Super Bowl in a roundabout way on Sunday night. So congratulations to everybody. This is a positive show, Brady. So we've been doing. So many people winning Super Bowls. Yeah. So many right now. <laughs> They're just handing them out. What do you mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's um, let me get just because you've uh, obviously – you know your your attitude, the way you behaved this entire evening, <laughs> really cost you the first so couple that's, hours of the that, show. That's what you're telling people. Uh, listen, that was okay. At this point, do you know how hammered people are? They'll believe anything. All right? That's true. Like, like, like I, I was saying earlier, I went during one of the breaks and got a sex change in the bathroom, and they bought it. Okay, <laughs> like they totally bought it. Um, so so I'm gonna say, so you watch the game. All right, you're watching the game. You're paying close attention. I know you love watching games with people. You're big into that. You don't like being alone. It's just not your thing. You like hearing the fan reaction. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> your thoughts overall on the game, did it play out how you expected? No, not at all. Um, I, I mean, first off, so the Patriots finally scored points in the first quarter. Like, that still blows my mind. They've been to eight Super Bowls, and they've mustered three points in eight Super Bowls in the first quarter of those games. Like, it, it's it's just ridiculous. Uh, I kind of thought they would, like, just change, like turn the tide in, in that respect. They didn't. Got off to a slow start. They're now 1-3 when they trail after the first quarter uh, of Super Bowls. So that wasn't any different. The Malcolm Butler situation to me, which I don't know if you've been following that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's bizarre. And I actually think, like, when you look at how good Philly was on third down, like throwing the football around, uh, yeah, maybe you would have been a little bit better if you had your starting cornerback out there to match up with the Eagles wide receivers. Like, I don't know. Um, that that whole situation is bizarre. It seems a, fishy. There's something else going on. There's got to be. There has to be, right? And, and like, supposedly Eric Rose said he found out right before the kickoff. Like, that that means, like, you're the, you're the greatest coach of all time, arguably, right, in Bill Belichick, and you're going to risk having a guy who hasn't necessarily practiced as a starting quarterback – Maybe hasn't even prepared in that way, even though you want all those guys to prepare like that. You, you're going to tell him right before the kick, supposedly? I, I don't know. Um, there's something fishy going on. He's a free agent. I can't imagine that would have any impact on it. And he uh, was talking cr- about he was crying during the national anthem. Like you tell, he yeah. just found out the news. Like yeah. either either that or he bet tails like me, and he lost on the coin toss. <laughs> or or on pink uh, yeah, showing cleavage, which clearly she yeah. didn't, and that was a huge disappointment right off the bat. I, she, uh, yeah, I could go on, but it, go ahead. She, and she had to clarify that she was taken out a throat lozenge. A lot of people thought she spit. I was hoping it was like a, a horseshoe of Copenhagen, like she was going old school <laughs> Copenhagen, maybe some Kodiak, and she was dipping on stage. Uh, here was Bill Belichick talking about the benching of Malcolm Butler. There it is. Uh, good job, Bill. That that sums things up there from uh, from the New England side of things. Good job by Bill Belichick. Um, and that doesn't make any sense because so what? Malcolm Butler was your best cornerback all year until like this game. Now the only thing I could think of is this: um, Alshon Jeffries, what like six five? He's he's a big dude, and they ended up matching Stephon Gilmore on him after like the first you know probably first half. Let's just say that that far into the game. Because Eric Rowe got picked on. I mean, the first touchdown you saw, the you know, deep play action pass to him, he was getting picked on. Like, immediately when they saw Malcolm Butler not out there, they were targeting him. And Butler's about 5'11", whereas Eric Rowe's like 6'1". But, I mean, come on, man. I mean, you tell me, Jonas. What's the difference in two inches? I mean, you tell me. One stall to the next. <laughs> 
Oh, you're talking about the DBs. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, was, I was talking about football. Oh, what, what were you alluding to? I, I don't know, man. It's uh, Listen, I've been uh, – been been carrying the load here. It's, it's an exhausting effort here on uh, on Fox Sports. I, I feel like well, one of the media. You need to release then. You need to release that load. Is I, what I, you need to do. I feel like I feel like one of the media members who had to who had to really tough it out in those you know seventy two degree uh, uh, radio booths inside the Mall of America. All have week. have you gone off on your tangent yet no. tonight about that? Trust me, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make them a special project of mine at some point towards the end of the show. Like media, okay. the media members crying about the weather conditions in Minnesota. Uh, they're going to be toe-tagged before the end of the show. Serious question. What's the coldest weather you've actually ever, ever been in? Oh, brutal. What, what do you mean brutal? brutal? Where? Like, what, what? What temperature? 78. <laughs> <laughs> born. Well, yeah, that, okay. that, that, that could happen. Right. Um, this is already born, going to the gutter. You've been on the show four minutes, and you've taken us into a dark place. We're in hour three. Okay, this is what we do in hour three. Okay. I get, yeah, you're Same. right, and it is later. Um, okay, so here, so Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio. I do want to tell you, though, about Black Rifle Coffee, because if it wasn't for Black Rifle Coffee Company, this show wouldn't exist, okay? It's veteran-owned, veteran-roasted. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com today and use the code FOXSPORTS20 for 20% off your first order. All right, so we <laughs> – you know he did, Bill. You got it, baby. <laughs> There it is. Uh, all right, so we're going to have an update. We promise this to you. We're going to have an update from the streets of Philadelphia. It is a violent time in the streets of Philadelphia. That is coming up next. But for all the latest from around the world of sports and uh, some news, stats, and all sorts of fun stuff, mm-hmm. it's Steve DeSager. And uh, welcome finally to the show, Brady. You know, Jonas was kind of implying that you would misbehave, and that's why we hadn't heard you on the first couple hours of the show. He was implying that maybe you had uh, been sent to the corner just to sit in the thinking chair until you could rejoin the class. So you've rejoined the class, and thank you very much. On the Malcolm Butler issue, and he did say afterwards, dejectedly, they gave up on me. I can understand choosing to start another guy, but once you, in a Super Bowl, have given up 400 yards and then 500 yards, how with a straight face do you sell a guy who's been a starting corner for you? No, no, we got this. You know, wow. who, you know who else? I have gave, no idea. You know who else gave up in that game? Matt Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was ready to take that pen behind his ear and stick it that, through his nose. Oh, the come the on, beard Steve. looks like he's given up on life with that beard he's <laughs> uh, got grown. It's like he's just throwing the towel on that. Hey, so much for the Ryan. Uh, uh, Rob Ryan doesn't get a coaching job because of the way he lurks. <laughs> looks inside. Yeah. In comes Matt Patricia, who, who, who looks <laughs> like he's holding a sign that says "Spare change, anybody?" You know, at some point at a Super Bowl party, some fan was looking at the TV and saying, "Who's the rocket scientist? That's his defensive coordinator." <laughs> He actually literally could have been a rocket scientist. But the Patriots in this game never led until a touchdown with about nine minutes left made it 33-32. New England had trailed 15-3 mid-second quarter. Eventually, Philadelphia gets a touchdown and a field goal in the last two and a half minutes tonight to win Super Bowl 52, 41-33. I'd mentioned it before, as far as Vegas odds to win the Super Bowl last April, the Patriots were the odds-on two-to-one favorite. The Eagles were thirty-to-one a year ago to Man. win it all, and with Nick Foles at quarterback, they win it all. He's the Super Bowl MVP. Four total touchdowns, including a TD catch, three hundred seventy-three yards passing, and the Eagles tonight on extra points were two for five, two for five in a Super Bowl. They missed a kick, then missed two <laughs> two-point passes, and still scored twice late to win the game. It's their first ever Super Bowl win, and for the city, I looked it up, it's not only the Eagles' first NFL title since 1960, the Phillies only have one World Series title since 1980, 
76ers won NBA title since 1967. Flyers no NHL championships since 1975. Something of a drought across the board in the last 40, 50 years of Philly pro sports. Yes, they're going nuts in the street, and unfortunately an update on that in a moment. Oh, God. <sighs> brutal, brutal. Stuff. We're brought to you by True Car. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Two things I must say as far as stats and records. Tom Brady set an NFL postseason record of 505 yards passing and three touchdowns. And the Super Bowl record for most combined total yards was broken even before the third quarter ended tonight. Total yardage wound up 1,151 of offense. That is the most yards in any NFL game ever. Not just the most in a Super Bowl or the most in a playoff game. The most ever in any NFL game. Back to you. Thanks, Steve. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Um, Tom Brady's just unbelievable, man. Like, he got better as the game went on. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. Like, he just got better as the game went on. And, he, and it seemed like it was way too easy. And, and I just had this feeling watching the game like the first defense to make some sort of play was going to win the game, and that's what played out. Yeah. Well, I mean, New England did get an interception. Um, now, I mean, it ended up not really netting much because they didn't do anything with that drive. Um, but think about this, too. When Brandon Cooks went down, so Collinsworth kept saying this during the broadcast. It wasn't technically accurate. He kept saying, well, they only got four wide receivers dressed. And I'm like, well, no, Slater, Matthew Slater's a core special teams player. He also is a wide receiver, so they could have put Matt Slater in, but he's well up there in years, and he's really not a guy that they're going to target if he is in the game. I would trust A.C. Slater in that situation. Slater. <laughs> Slater's made some decent catches at times, I, man. I, he's I, a good dude. I just, it was the only opportunity. We'll be bragging on it, Matt it, Slater. It was the only opportunity to use A.C. Slater. Uh, I bet Mario Lopez would be so tiny. He's probably smaller than Brandon. I've, so I've, we've talked about I've seen Aaron Mario Hernandez. Yeah. We've talked about Kaepernick, A.C. Yeah. Slater, and now Mario Lopez. Yeah. How did you work in Colin Kaepernick into this show? I didn't. Uh, that was both. Bobo. Like I, I oh, think I want to talk Bobo. about Colin Kaepernick. I like talking Stop, about uh, players man. that are actually in the league. Stop. What I do? Um, it was uh, a valid. It was a valid comment. All right, let, let no, me have the wheel. Nothing involving him right now listen, is valid. Listen, let me have the wheel. Let me get us back on the road here. Okay. okay. All right. Um. So, so uh, you you're watching the situation. So Chris Collinsworth makes the comment. You know, after Cooks goes down, things change. Yeah. Um, what What was most impressive? You being a quarterback, watching Brady in the, and especially in the second half. What was the most impressive thing to you? Well, I mean, the way he was just essentially just throwing to one guy. Everyone in the building knew it. Um, what was What was more impressive to me was the way like they adjusted. Okay, so they they really only had three wide receivers playing. You know, Philip Dorsett, Chris Hogan, Danny Amendola, and which which you'd think would limit what you can do, but what they ended up doing was. They end up playing more of like their base personnel. So their fullback, Devlin, he came in the game. Gronk's obviously in, and then they'd have two wide receivers. So they gave that other wide receiver a rest, whoever it was, and they kind of rotated him. And then when they wanted to throw the football, they basically just spread Devlin out so it forced Philly to put a defender on him, and they looked at the box count. And if they had the box count, they'd run the football. If they didn't, they'd just throw to Gronk. 
And so, like, it was pretty simple. Jim Schwartz and the Eagles, like, never figured it out. <laughs> and it was awesome because I'm, I'm watching this. I'm like, this is the simplest game plan I've ever seen. And somehow Jim Schwartz isn't adjusting. Like, he, he can't figure out. He, he can't be right. If they put an extra guy in the box, they throw to Gronk. You can't cover him. If they take that guy in the box to cover Gronk, they run the football, and Deion Lewis gets, like, a po- pretty positive gain. So hey. I, I thought that was kind of remarkable. But here, here was my first thought, I swear to you. When Cooks went out. And Collinsworth started talking about how many guys they dressed, and then I looked at the inactives, and I was think, thinking, okay, this this is going to be bad for New England because if they think they're going to win the Super Bowls like they have in years past, which if you think about it, they're all two-minute drives to go kick a game-winning field goal or to take the game into overtime, it was not going to work against this team because, A, they had three wide receivers that essentially could help, you know, help them drive down the field to win. Those guys would be gassed. Okay, a two minute drive like that. Yeah. If they can't substitute, they're going to be gassed. And here's the other issue. Philly was the number one team this year at getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. So not just sacks, but like pressures, hits, all that. So now you're in a predictable situation. You can't give help with your tight end and running back because you got to get them out in passing routes. Your wide receivers aren't getting separation because they're dog tired. And you've got Tom Brady back there who's a sitting duck. And oh, what what happens? They put Brandon Graham, who's usually a DN, down the inside, just like the New York Giants did. He blows past Shaq, uh, Shaq Mason, ends up getting a strip sack fumble uh, that Barnett recovers. Game, set, blouses. It's over. And that's, that's exactly the position that they couldn't afford to be in, even though we all thought to ourselves, we've seen this story before, we know Tom Brady's going to drive down and win. That was my first thought in the first half when Cooks went out. Uh, well, it is time now, Brady Quinn, to go live to Philadelphia for our Philadelphia Police Scanner Insider, Steve DeSager, Mm. for the latest in a very safe and sound and quiet Sunday night into Monday morning in the streets of Philly. Steve, anybody uh, trying to hump the Rocky statue yet? Uh, I am trying to uh, get this out of my mind for the rest of the night. I'm canceling listening to this thing for the rest of my life after the last two hours. <laughs> Here we go. Actually, the, wait, DeSager, you're actually listening to something? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's on the wow. It's on in the background. Aside from the car tipping and the fire and the signs <laughs> down, two people, uh, I'm sorry, ten people on top of a bus currently. <laughs> people have also thrown a light pole through store windows. Keep in mind that it's after 1.30 in the morning and it's 35 degrees. They've torn down all the street lights at Juniper and Market. Two broken windows at the Macy's. The police were trying to secure the local Macy's. Meanwhile, there was a loud explosion reported elsewhere. Another pole climber, also an officer, suffered a broken finger. They've had a stalemate with a big crowd, which is armed with bottles. They're putting on helmets now, the police. They've called twice for asking for shields as well. One guy in the crowd, not police, has pulled a gun out. All the law enforcement has asked, been asked to, uh, well, you're being held over till further notice, end quote. <laughs> And there you go, Philadelphia, PA. Unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. And the people on top of the bus, like they're trying to remake Teen Wolf, like they're gonna they're gonna ride on the top of the car while they're driving through the streets. That is unbelievable in Philadelphia. Uh, any police horses punched? Do you think Brady? Any uh, police horses? I, I hope not. Well, I, I hate how this kind of stuff happens. Can we leave the the defenseless animals? Can't we just leave those guys alone? Listen, man. I already told you my solution, what we should let them do. Yeah, I know. You put it, that horse it, yes. and you put that guy in a room alone together. Trust me. And you let the horse have his way. I know. And 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 I would be willing to to take that guy's spot. But that's another conversation <laughs> for another day. I was after, waiting. I was like, okay, days. this is either it's on the tee, Jonas just has to swing on this one. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can't do this to me. You can't do this to me. All right. I, I, I'm more meant like let let him duke it out. You know, this, I, I don't know what you're referring. This to. This has honestly been how can we cram the entire show's jokes into 45 minutes with Brady? It's, well, the I only listen. thing that's missing at this point, the only thing that's missing is, it seems like the Philadelphia PD needs to call on the security from the old San Diego Chargers stadium. Yeah, I think that would <laughs> they help. Would, they yeah. might have a few tricks Actually, I, their, down I, their pants, yeah, really. Well, that well I, heard, I heard that, the, uh, that the, center gap. the Philadelphia PD called that security guard from the uh, San Diego Chargers, but he said his hands were full. <laughs> so, I thought he was the one that gave them the idea to lube the poles. <laughs> okay, that, listen, here we go. This is, let me tell you something, all right? This is a professional broadcast that Brady decided to drive into the ground. Did he really? <laughs> did he really say that to them? Um, all right. And by the way, did you hear? So what they were doing before the game in Philadelphia is instead Crisco didn't work. They, <laughs> no, they tried Crisco. They did hydraulic fluid. Okay. So they were. Is that were, flammable? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> but they were showing guys with paint rollers uh, doing the rollers up the side of the pole. And it was hydraulic fluid to try and deter people from climbing up the poles. I mean, it, this is crazy. You just won the Super Bowl, man. Like you just won the Super Bowl. And for some reason, it's almost like everybody just, yeah, we knew this was going to happen. We expected this. This is how it's going to be. And Philadelphia it's, fans wonder why you're not really well-liked by a lot of people. You wonder why? Well, it's at this point that I lose all faith and hope in humanity. Like, if the world's coming to the end, I always look at, like, a time where it, this is, should be, like, the best of times. And then you watch people who, like, loot their own city and just ruin their own city after they win a Super Bowl. Like, their first ever Super Bowl. They won a championship, yeah. but... Well, you know, not not a Super Bowl. I mean, uh, I, but you know, what I'm saying like at this point, I'm like, well, yeah. How would we ever survive anything like that? Considering, look how we act in times of good. Can you imagine times of panic? Like how people would actually respond? Well, it's ridiculous. Listen, I mean, uh, that's why I said, man, if if you're unhappy with the violence in Philadelphia, blame Chip Kelly. He's the one that brought him the Super Bowl. So there it is. It all comes back to Chip. Just trying to point out the obvious here. All right, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox here, Fox Sports Radio, from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Coming up next, um, there could be major changes for one NFL franchise, some stuff maybe you didn't see coming. We'll talk about that next year on FSR. Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn here, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, We are going to hear – there, there's sort of some rumblings about maybe a major development going on in the NFL. So we're going to hear about that coming up here in uh, just a couple of minutes here on FSR. Uh, reminder to stick around about 12 minutes from now here on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates. The great Ben Maller, future Hall of Famer, one of the all-time greats will be on the air with ben all the Maller. latest. All the latest from the, uh, from the safe streets of Philadelphia where the savages are running roughshod over an entire city after they win the Super Bowl. So we will have that uh, coming up 12 minutes from now here on FSR. So I'm a woman. Hear me roar. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Um, all right. So I don't know if you happen to catch this, but uh, you know Tom Kern, Comcast Sportsnet New England. Tom yeah, Kern has been covering the Patriots. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah, and he's been co- covering the Patriots for a long time. He was talking – after the game, and it's kind of an interesting point that I think we made after the Seth Wickersham ESPN article came out. Here was Tom Curran after the game. I tried to press Josh McDaniels on the report and the rumor that he might be leaving, excuse me, leaving the Indianapolis Colts at the altar and staying with the Patriots. Josh says, I'm not going to talk about that tonight. I said that impacts the future of the franchise because the intimation is that Josh McDaniels might stay and replace Bill Belichick. 
my understanding is that as of right now, there is no direct party line as to what's going to happen. There will be a conversation between uh, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, most likely tomorrow. But right now, there is a lot of dust still in the air, and we don't know what it's going to look like when it settles. But the Indianapolis Colts, right now, as far as I can gather from what's going on Sunday, they don't quite yet have Josh McDaniels in-house, and we don't quite know specifically whether or not Bill Belichick is going to remain here. So many conversations that it's really hard to pin down. So that was uh, Tom Curran, Comcast Sportsnet, New England. What do you make of that, Brady Quinn? Nothing. Nothing. That's good. Um, this is this is where we take this kind of stuff. And I mean, if you're Bill Belichick, given everything that you've done, is this how you want to end your career? Is it, I mean, is, is this it? Like, I mean, I don't necessarily know that at 65 years old, if he's sitting there saying to himself, like, yeah, uh, I- I'm going to finish when I still have the opportunity to have Tom Brady as my quarterback uh, with this taste in my mouth, you know, having just lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. And and let's be blunt, a backup quarterback. Um, I-, I don't know that the- if that's how you want to leave it off, but maybe there's the other side of him that's saying, I am 65. I'm losing my defensive coordinator. Um, I- I'm probably going to be losing my offensive coordinator if I stay. I don't want to have to deal with finding out who that next play caller is or deal with you know, going through the growing pains of a new DC, a new OC. I've done it before. It's too hard to do. Tom's 41. I just I, – I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. Because um, if you're McDaniels, if, if it's there, you stay in New England, correct? Now that's an interesting question, though, because here's, here's the bigger question is, does Tom Brady – is he still playing? Is he still your quarterback? Because if if you're looking at the long term picture, I mean you you're telling me you wouldn't want to go be with Andrew Luck if Tom Brady's going to retire in, in a year or two. I mean that's the hardest thing to to predict is if you don't have that next guy, which they don't on their roster right now, and you've only got Tom Brady. Let's just say there's you got three years, at most, at most three years. I, I would I would imagine by the time he's forty three. He's probably thinking like, yeah, I'm done if I'm if he's still playing this high level. Who knows? Maybe he would have retired if he would, they would have won tonight. But like after watching the Tom versus Time, I'm not sure if you had a chance to watch that. Yeah, I did. I like one. It makes you like Tom Brady so much. Oh yeah, more. Like, he's awesome. I, I, I'm already a fan, but like it makes you kind of like be like, you know what? Like that's what I love and appreciate about athletes is when you sacrifice so much and you just do more than other people are willing to do. Um. So anyway, not to get off on a tangent, but it it just made me think like there's no way as much of a competitor as he is that that's when he's going to call it quits. And, like I'd be shocked. And why should he retire? He was fantastic. Like he was incredible. He, he played he just a he, postseason record. He was the best player on the field. He was the best player on the field. I, I mean, it's it's not like he was Peyton Manning with this defense that wins you the oh, game and you're just managing it. Like listen, he could play Pey- for ten more years if that's the case. Peyton Manning won that Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And it was basically a jersey, a Peyton Manning jersey wrapped around a corpse. Okay, that's basically what Peyton Manning <laughs> that's, that's was. A bit much. That's that a too bit much. much. It's I, a little. It's a little bit much. Oh, you, you over, so, oversell, under deliver. That's my so. Mind. So the problem is, is I don't think that he wants to talk about that because um, it, it takes away from the fact that you just lost the Super Bowl. So of course, Josh McDaniels isn't going to say to you or Matt or Matt Patricia for that matter. Uh, yeah, I, I'm out. 
Uh, nice knowing you. I'm headed to Detroit in about five minutes, Ooh. or Indianapolis in about ten minutes. You're just you're not going to get that. Uh, by the way, I do want to let you know we are brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Uh, do you want to say a uh, hell of a job? It, the Super Bowl's crazy. It's it's a busy night. I know, Brady, you were we were teasing, but you were you were busting your ass to get here and, and do the show. You were doing all sorts of other stuff. Uh, Bobo, our technical producer, Eric Roberts, were phenomenal. Steve yeah. DeSager. The police scanner in Philadelphia really wore him out. Uh, he he will be forever changed because of what he had to go through. I, I, I believe think he was crying on yeah, the walkout. Yeah, he is uh, traumatized because of that. So everybody did a bang-up job here at Fox Sports Radio. I'd also like to give a special uh, shout-out, an outstanding job to me. Um, I think that's that's really what this was all about, me being able to survive the elements, unlike those Jonas, those softies in, Min- in Minneapolis who were complaining <laughs> about the frigid temperatures by the Orange Julius. Uh, anything else, Brady? <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.